Telling you how to come correct. Brought to you by the Republic of Vietnam. Alright, listeners, what's going on? This is Liam. We got Mike O'Donnell here in person, and we got CJ up on the phone calling us behind the lines at work, taking his lunch break, but it's gonna be like a lunch break of like three hours. So, boys, say hello. I know Mike already just introduced us, but say hello again, guys. How's it going out there, listeners? CJ, say what's up. What's going on, everybody? All right, boys and listeners, this is going to be a doozy. This is going to be a long podcast. We're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about uh, Doc Yang, a little um, preview, an interview with Phil from Anchor and Star about their event, Indian Country, and then a nice long segment about everything you need to know for Operation MacArthur and what to get ready with and what to prepare for, what to expect, and more or less everything that you need to come correct. Yes, as this is the Come Correct to our special podcast brought to you by Bay. And the Republic of Vietnam. Let's jump right into this guys. Let's talk about Doc Yang and how it went. I know all of us well, I guess CJ CJ and I Versus Mike had two different experiences. Mike was mm-hmm. more of the the lerp side of things, where CJ and I were more conventional. But as I say that, and I'm thinking about it. We probably did a lot of sneaking around ourselves. Wouldn't you say that, CJ? Yeah, I would. I would say that we uh, we were pretty much up and down the mountain. Whereas we did hit a lot of contact, but we also were sneaking quite a bit as well. Yeah, there were a few times where. We would just lay dog and let the NVA pass us. I think there were three times that I remember where we saw NVA and we're like, all right, it's on our mission to engage these guys. We just laid dog and let them bypass us. So, um, Mike's, I know Mike's experience was a little less action packed than he wanted it to be. But this kind of stems back from the conversation we had the last podcast about the LERPs, and it's tough to really give them. Well, well, I, I'm, I'm never like, especially for a recon mission. I'm never looking for action packed. Um, I, I do like the occasional close shave or, or you know, knowing that you're in the the vicinity of the enemy. But it's at tough least. to pull that off. Yeah, it is. It is difficult to pull it off. As a, um, as a producer, I'm saying. As yeah. A producer to, pro- to, to create that 
scenario to happen. It's, it's well, hard. well, it seemed as though to me that there was, you know, there was supposed to be objectives for the NVA on our area of patrol, but they never even we we they didn't come where we were patrolling basically. Yeah, so uh, we were in a completely different part of the field versus like everybody else. I feel as though if we were closer to the vicinity of you guys, we would have caught a little bit more contact or or right. close shaves or, you know. Because no, once once we rounded the pond and ended up, uh, we we laid dog for a couple hours in one position. There was some points where we heard you know like clutter and and things happening, and there was a, there was a point where we realized like, hey, we're we're not alone in the area, and we need to you know maybe get out of here. Yeah, the NVA in their defense were stretched a little thin, and they had a little bit of personnel issues. Um, so he. You know, Roman, he he basically made a choice and he abandoned a lot of the missions around your area, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, yeah. But I think overall the event went really well. I, the the Mike Force guys had a great time as far as ever, everyone came back to me and said. And the Pavin guys, they thought they had, you know, the, this is the experience that they were looking for. Okay, so, perfect. So. Awesome. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to, like, I only got, like, recap, so it was hard for us on the, the other side of things to... To really yeah. know how it went over there. It was fun though, uh, Mike. When you guys rallied up with us at the at, out, at outpost twenty two up on the hill, and then when the sun went down, it gets like pitch black. Yeah. It was you, Pat, and myself. We kind of creeped down the hill a little bit, and we just laid dog for you know about an hour. Yeah, that was uh, nice. That was cool. Um, I don't know. I like that stuff. So yeah, it's, that's. It's I think those are the things that kind of you know those are the immersive experiences that you want. You want to right. And it's tough to get find yourself in a position. Sorry, you want to find yourself in a position where where you're you you know you you hit the mindset and you're laying dog on a hill in pit, the pitch black and waiting for the Vietnamese to attack. You're not going to say anything at all because they'll that's how they find you. So it's it's it was nice bit of silence like being in your own head. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's mm. it's hard to find guys that will get on the same page with you to like like dude. We're all comfortable with sitting there not talking. Yeah. Like, I don't need someone to go, hey, buddy, what are you, you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 I am okay, man. Let's just, everyone be quiet. We're just sitting here listening and waiting. So, no, that was that was a little fun. That was fun. I was more worried about getting stepped on by our own team or shot up Yeah. by Ferrucci, who busted his ass right before we Because Ferrucci was supposed to be with us, mm -hmm. and he fucking busted his ass and went back up the hill, and we were like, right, I'm just going to keep on going. And I hear him like, hey, Leo, yeah. Leo. I'm like... Motherfucker, just be quiet, man. Just be quiet. But, but I mean, Fru Frucci, he he did a great job uh, um, at that event. He, we were on an ambush, and there were probably two or three having guys walking by him, five feet away from him. And he just laid, he laid still, let them pass, and walk into the kill zone for uh, Kish to kill them. So I'll give uh, Frucci props for that. Um, side note, I forgot to mention that Ferrucci was supposed to be on this podcast, but he got a good work, uh, a good working opportunity, so he took it. So if anyone's wondering, Ferrucci did pass his, uh, probationary period. He's allowed on the podcast. We just, he just didn't work out, the, you know, just didn't work out this, for this episode, which we could have used him. But anyways, back to Doc Siang. He was really good. Um, you know, he was really good. 
He's definitely not um, anything but a grunt, though. Is this is this gonna be like a regular thing now, where we have like the Ferrucci report? Like, how's Ferrucci doing? Like, has... <laughs> I mean, if pe people are interested, man. They are yeah, interested in him. Ferrucci's a character. Yeah, he needs to he needs his place to shine. I think we need uh, maybe like a like a, a, a vlog or something. Yeah, fruit enough. Um, he did well. But he, I mean, he told me himself, he's like, yeah, I'm more of a grunt at heart. And that, you know, that's fine. That's, 100%. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, CJ, what do you think from your uh, command standpoint of the alpha element? How do those boys do? And from, from my standpoint, uh, we did pretty well. I mean, other than getting lost on Sunday, <laughs> uh, which was just a, a minor mistake, I thought, you know, Guys did very well. Uh, McKenna pulled off point pretty well. You know, he did he did a good job. Um, everybody hung in there. You know, nobody nobody uh, bitched out. Everybody, you know, pushed through their comfort zones. So it was pretty uh, it was pretty impressive to see that everybody came. You know, looking good. You know, working together. It was a solid group. That's true. Work, the most important thing is everyone did come correct. Yep. Every, yeah. Yeah. Everyone. I would really proud of themselves for what they you know their um impressions yeah good yeah for the for the most part i think it was pretty good there's definitely yeah. like there's definitely a lot of sustains and a few improves um like for for mike's mike force specifically like i saw a lot of guys still rocking the butt pack and um i, I, would, I would say drop the butt pack maybe for a special forces impression like that um you know, canteen pouches were, were definitely more of a thing. And, you know, there's just, there's just little details that we all need to work on, like like me included, like little things that you can just just work on everything, man. That's it. Yeah. And then we had one guy with Alice pouches and all that jazz on, yeah, on I, my recon team. But he, he was kind of like a friend of a friend, and I think he got a lot of information second or even third hand. Yeah. So um, that's not going to fly from MacArthur. We'll get into that later on in the episode. Yeah. We, we did. He did shave. We did make him shave. Um, down to he kept his goatee. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll but we covered it in face paint. That mm, I remember. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean everyone looked good. Mike Muller, kudos to him. He put that. He put that kit together in a few months, and he looked good, man. Yeah. We gotta. We have to get um. Hey baby, you got your oh, sorry, Casey just got back into the door. She's doing laundry, so I can't really complain. Um, no, but yeah, he. We gotta work out our comms. Uh, but this. That was a serious issue, yeah. at least on our end, because right. we were out of touch with you for at least five hours, and then my phone died. There was no cell phone service, so yeah. you know we had to break immersion at some point and be like, okay, we need to try and contact these guys because we have no idea. But see, what our next like set of orders is but to me this event a lot of its purpose was to work out kinks before the main event operation macarthur for sure as mike said last episode all roads lead to macarthur mm -hmm. so doc siang in, in a sense did lead to macarthur um the reconnaissance report that i'm going to be asking for from mike is going to help design a few patrols for macarthur Mm -hmm. So, um, take it for what you guys, you know, take it for what it is. Sure, what now is. we know what that side of the field looks that's, like. It's, that's kind of what, we know yes. what we can kind of accomplish right. over there, so. That's, 
that's the and idea. it's a really cool part of the AO. So, right. Um, so expect you know expect some immersion in that sense. All right, so let's move on to the next subject of Doc Siang and an event like this. What do you boys think about doing an event like this again next year? CJ, let me get your thoughts first. Uh, I, th- I think it's a great idea. Um, maybe without like the, uh, the the recon element, just so they have a little more, you know, time and in, in the shit like we did. But uh, but yeah, I, I think doing another event like this would be awesome. Um, I think any chance we get to, to break out the tigers would would always be a good uh, good day. So. I yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I have the the wheels. The wheels have been turning. Um, I got a, I got a few ideas for next year. But I, I have one to put back ahead. out on the table. Um, I don't know if you remember my original idea of doing something um, like over the fence. The the yes, sog. The sog. Yeah. Yeah, the sog. Um, so you know, you know, what would be good is um, we could we could almost do a combined thing. Because we could have guys who want to go as a SOG recon team, but we could make it like an A camp on the border and have it be Mike Force and Nung Tribesman. Yeah. It's, I've, I, I'm not even like, I don't want to steal your thunder. I've, that, I've had that scenario cooked up too. Um, no, I, I, we, dude, we have a year. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I'm already planning for the big event next year because that needs to start already. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, can I make one comment about Doc Yang? Yeah. Although I love, like, Tolcom, I think the the event of that size would have benefited from a slightly smaller AO. I agree. I agree. Um, we could have shrunk... I could have shrunk the... Like, our, pump, yeah, like where we're closer. supposed to be. I know, but, you know, I, I really wanted... Because that's the, a lot of, of terrain right. to hunt. The, the, that, and that was the purpose of it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Because even ideally I wanted at least five more people per side. So it's not even that much more than what we had. Right. But I really wanted it spread out enough where you could sneak around and you're not walking on top of each other the entire time. So like if the NBA boys wanted to hide, they could have. If the, the Mike Force guys needed to hide, they could have in the it would have been a good chance that the NBA are just walking right on top of them. Right. Um, my idea, though, was to look for somewhere else for that kind of event. Um, I think some place like Cookies would or, be Yeah, in, even doing like a one-day, I don't know yet. Um, cookies would be a good... I like the swamp area in Cookies, which would be kind of cool. We got, like I said, we got to... Um, we got to think about it some more and take like so some some of the uh, sustains and approves. But overall, I thought the event went really well. And yeah, definitely. Bottom line, CJ, would you do it again? Hell yeah. Mike, would you do it again? Every damn day. Right, and I'm definitely going to do it again. Um, yeah, we just got to think of a new scenario. We're going into. I'll I'll do full disclosure here. So if you listen to the podcast, we're going into 68 next year. So as long as it fits the scenario, the main event scenario, it's gonna happen. And that is not a free license to put a whole bunch of sixty-seven gear on your gear. No, nope, definitely not. Yeah, just well, saying that now. We'll get into that next year because that, <laughs> when we do the two-hour correct come correct special <laughs> next year. We'll, oh, it's sixty-eight, so everybody has sixty-seven gear now. Yeah. No, they fucking did not. No. But um, no, I 
I think overall everyone had fun. Uh, my dad, he was, you know, he was the C detachment at Doxiang Special Forces Camp, and he thought he thought we were good on the radio, like the you know the transmissions that we can get yeah. into him um, for, you, for you guys. Yeah, but he he says he's like yo, he's like he's like I'm not bored sitting there. Like I love it. Like I love like he's like I he's like if the radio if the radio comms are good i can honestly track where you guys are based on what you're you're calling and what missions you're on and that kind of thing so yeah he has fun doing it so. yeah that's cool so don't feel Plus bad we'll have him and harshman in the talk for macarthur yeah. and that's that's next that's two segments away we'll yeah, talk about that that's I, i'm yeah. just saying that yeah. that's gonna be he, no he'll have we might as well have a war table where you could just like you know use a little compass to track well we had it like, last year we had mm-hmm. the, remember at junction city we had the um we had the map, the, yeah. wa- the, yeah. the laminated max maps with the uh, wax pencils. And yep. he was drawing on where we were and everything. That's what I'm saying. G- going back to the one of the purposes of Doc Siang is as you guys with the Lyric team, you were performing re- reconnaissance. That intel that you give me is going to be pre-drawn on the Mac- MacArthur map. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. they do all link together. Yep. All roads lead. Guys, you're, you're, you're in a story here. We're... we're Yes, we're we're bringing you the the best. Yeah. stuff is already happening. The the MacArthur's happening before the event is actually happening. So yeah, no, that I'm always I'm telling you I was thinking about this before Junction City started. Um, so. So yeah, I mean anything uh, anything else on Doxian guys? Keep doing your Keep doing your research. Come yeah. correct. Yeah, I think we're in the future events. We're gonna. I, I really like the Mike Forrest idea because it's it's everyone gets to wear their tigers and their snowflakey gear. Yeah, but you can still act as a, as a conventional unit. You know, yep. like, like you know what I mean. It's like a good mix. Yeah, of both. it's a good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good mix of both. It's a so really good do it again because it's more. It's way difficult. Even even just with like, and I I've run recon with uh, a couple of those guys before, and they're they're fantastic. But uh, running the recon team this time around was. A little bit more difficult. We had some some hiccups, and uh, you know we haven't we all haven't done recon in years, so it was definitely a day of shaking off the cobwebs. But uh, it's hard to shake off the cobwebs when you're on the spot trying to do something. So. Of course, yeah. So, all right, yeah. Well, um, so stay posted for that. We'll probably announce that in the fall sometime. Uh, you know, the the next iteration of that type of event. Um, all right, so let's um, let's get. Uh, Phil on the line, and we're going to talk about Indian country. I know you want to leave me. All right, so we just got Phil from Anchor and Star on the line. Everybody say what's up to Phil. Phil, say what's up to everybody else. What's up, what's Phil? Up, guys? How we doing? Good, good, baby. How are you? Oh, just another day in paradise. In 90-degree 90, 90 New York City paradise? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's I pretty. Like I'm, uh, I, feel like, I feel like I'm out in the bush. It's pretty brutal these past couple days. Oh, it's supposed to rain and then be be like this again. So. Hey. Yeah, great. Well, then I'm, I'm really gonna feel like I'm out in the bush. Hell yeah. Something like uh, hot, humid, and no place to run. So Phil's uh, from Maker and Star. We're gonna talk about indie country. Um, it's July 12th to the 14th at Atlas Airsoft in New Jersey. This is a three-day immersive event. Um, 
It's on his fourth year. And I, I know Mike and I have gone to everyone. CJ went yep. to it last year. It was a really cool event. We went as the SOG team last year. I know we've talked about it in past uh, past podcasts. Phil is part of the staff. He's Ian's right-hand man. Um, so, Phil, um, just give me a real quick, brief, one-sentence description about Indian Country. I mean, really, this is our, our big flagship event. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of this, you know, unique experience that kind of gives players the immersion um, that they're looking for. And, and it, it's, you know, really this culmination of everything that we've tried to put together for Vietnam there. So. Yeah, no, I, I the first one to the to last year had really cool scenarios and few instances that were really like like I felt like I was in at Vietnam, you know. Um, really excited for this year's uh, event. I did a little bit of a role reversal, and I'm on I'm on the Pavin side along with CJ. Phil is going to be a GI. You're uh, Phil. You're on the recon team, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to be recon. Um, you know, we'll probably be bouncing around. Obviously, we're. We're trying to kind of sort out different roles. We're trying to help improve and, and make the game run a little smoother every year. Right. Uh, you know, I think we learned last year and, and kind, of, kind of learned from it, you know, especially with the opinions of all the players we've had. Right, right, right. So real quick, uh, before I ask you more questions, I'll start off with another question, I'm sorry. But uh, what's the easiest way to sign up for the event? I mean, it's, in, it's two weeks, so like stop lollygagging and get on it. And uh, you know, sign up for this event. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, obviously, today with with the social media, the best thing is you can go to our Facebook page at Anchor and Star Airsoft, and there'll be a link to our website, which is anchorandstarairsoft.com. And from there, there's an easy to click registration page, a short fill out and and uh, and pay submission, and you guys are enlisted. You know, it's we we tried to make it as simple as we can. Yeah, it's literally like uh, two clicks, and you're in. It's That's pretty. It. It's pretty simple. That's almost as easy as the real thing to be enlisted. Yeah. <laughs> or draft. You know, it's better than a draft card. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's touch on the. Um, hmm. Let's t- let's touch on the storyline of the event a little bit. It changed a little bit from last year, uh, which we'll we'll get into a little a uh, little further along the interview. But yeah, touch on the storyline a little bit, Phil. Sure. Um, obviously, it pl- takes place um, in Vietnam, summer of '68. Uh, you know, the the, the firebase, which is firebase Peak Pot, uh, located near hamlet of uh, you know DNQ. Um, you know, it, it, we're basically Working through all these the, the, the different histories, um, coming from uh, basically uh, summer of '68. Um, you know, I'm just going through. I know Ian is still working through some of the, all the specifics and everything. Right. But obviously. Um, but I know. All right. So it's I um, it's I Corps summer '68 right after Tet. Uh, yeah. You guys are going to be Marines. Uh, what is it? I forgot what Marine unit it was. It's uh, 7th Battalion. There you go. Um, yeah. 
and basically kind of pushing along something like we had last year where we're, we're going for more of a um, an, an outward look. We're trying to kind of move away from the uh, the, the standard, uh, you know, base scenarios and kind of get, the, get everyone back out in the field. So going along that kind of pushing the teams out in like the uh, the old Marine outpost used to be. Yeah, right, right, right. And then, well, that leads me, leads me to the, my next question. So the f- the field got changed with, you know, a whole bunch of bullshit we, we don't have to get into. Um, yeah. The field yeah, changed. Yeah, we, uh, through, you know, some, some previous, as you call, bullshit, we, we, uh, we, we relocated, and I know that was, there was a lot of on the fence with that. People were a little worried about it, but we're, you know, we're proud to... Uh, to now announce our our, uh, our you know new venue at Atlas Airsoft in Barnegat, New Jersey. Uh, you know we're excited to be working with them. It's a new venue, but um, you know we're we're really excited to kind of hope and and present some new terrain, uh, some new layout. Um, you know mix it up, and and the fact that we're at a new venue presents a whole new um, kind of sense and scenario when it comes to the game. So we're really hoping that brings something new. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, map and the Google Maps like satellite images, and it looks like really good woods. Like good, it'll be a lot of uh, untouched terrain. Is I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. You know, this is obviously this is a new field, um, and it's still being developed. You know, even even as we speak right now. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're gonna have a lot of open open terrain, we're going to have a lot of wooded area, it, it, it won't be as developed as other games we've had in the past, and once again, if that could come as a you know, a downside, but I mean for us, it's mostly up I don't, uh, it yeah. definitely gives the players more immersion and, and more kind of uh, terrain to, to, to make the game their own Yeah, I don't think it's a downside at all that's what we want Absolutely and I mean, as anybody knows, when you when you when you come to one of our games, if you're not jumping through the mud in the middle of the woods, it's, it can't be fun. No, not at all. Uh, Phil, I'm sorry. We fucking Ferrucci just called us again. This guy calls at the worst moment every single time. So uh, whatever, I hung I I just hung up on him. Let's continue with the interview. We'll call him later. Maybe we'll get him on for the next segment. Um, so. Phil, it's a raw, it's a raw field. We all know that. Um, we're, I, I personally think it's a plus, just like you said. You guys are going to build some kind of a fire base, or at least like um, an outpost with like all your, you know, you guys have a pretty good collection of tents now, right? Like you guys are gonna have at least some kind of a shelter or setup for the uh, GIs. Absolutely. You know, we have uh, we have a few smalls, a GP medium, um, we're actually in process of, of, of repairing them. I know in past years some guys have, have seen that our stuff's a little beat up, but we are um, we are tending to that and, and hoping to improve on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, uh, we're definitely going to be developing a fire base and, and hopefully have a, at least most of that in place for this year's game. Um, but, I mean, as always, we've done more with less in the past and you know, we're we're definitely working through uh, the logistics, um, but absolutely, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have 
definitely enough in place to, to, to kind of bring that realism to, uh, to the game. All right, let me ask you a question in terms of um, produ- you know, producer question. Uh, what time do you guys want people to, you know, what time do you guys want people to get there on Friday? What's the ideal time? I mean, as always, uh, early as possible. Right. We try to push, you know, right around noon. You know, it's always a great time to get there, but understandably people have lives and, and aren't able to always do that. So, obviously, as early as possible. Early to mid-afternoon is optimal. Um, we will be doing the load-in. We'll be, you know, kind of running that through the day and even into the evening. But, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to have the bulk of our people show up between 12 and, let's say, 3, 4 o'clock um, with uh, briefings and even maybe submissions starting as early as Friday evening. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Uh, so as as the NVA cadre, if anybody – I know we have a lot of crossover between people who go to the events, which is great, kind of shows that the community is really one entity – um, if anybody's listening on the on the NVA for Indian Country, try to show up before noon on Friday. I'm going to be up there early, or I'm, I'm sorry, down there early from where I live, because uh, we want to a find our camp, you know, start mapping the the field as best we can, and almost do some reconnaissance before the event and figure out what we're going to do and how to make uh, the GIs' lives uh, suck. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, and obviously, like you said, I mean, I, I get this comment a lot that, you know, Anchor and Star participates with BAE, BAE within uh, Anchor and Star and Bravo 6 and all that, but we are we're one big community, and I, I, I absolutely love the fact that you're going to be, you know, participating on our, on our NBA side this year, Liam, and I will say that, you know, the, the earlier the NBA get out there, more hectic and chaos it's going to be for the GIs, so it's definitely an advantage for them to get there early. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, going back to the community, we're, we are all friends. We all started like, we all started doing the Namsoft stuff together. Yeah. You know, we were all one group of people. I know, like, like I met Mike, you know, I, I actually, I knew Mike from uh, Liberty Canyon, but I really became friends with Mike at an Indian country. The first Indian country I really... Yeah. became friends with um, CJ I met at a Wild West that was put on f- when you know from Indian country and obviously I knew you guys from the Liberty Canyon slash Indian country uh, Phil but I knew you guys from the uh, uh, oh my god I I think I met Todd and Darius at a wasteland back when it was at the old zoo so how long ago was that you know like but I'm saying, like, yeah, like I said, we're, we're all like one entity, one community. We're all friends. Um, this world is small. It's yeah. very small. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, and the, the one thing that, you know, I know we've been trying to push, and, and I'm, I'm, I really i am glad that, you know, you guys started the podcast and getting that community out there, is that, you know, there's no one entity that's going to build this, this community up. So it's really a group effort. And, you know, it's amazing to see what we've all been able to accomplish over these past few years. I mean, like you said, my first Indian country was, what, five, about five, almost six years ago, and it was really only one event, and now we've grown to multiple events, and the community's growing, and the games are growing, and it's, it's really great to see, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, a few more 
people step up and, and work it out and we can grow this to even hopefully bigger than, than, than just the Northeast. Oh, for sure. I mean, right now they're in the Northeast. If you live, in, I would say, if you live from the range of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, all the way up to Maine, you have three big events to go to. Yeah. You know, you're like you have no. I would say, all right, I'll say as far west as eh, west of New York to, you know, the coast. Like, you, you have... Yeah, but think about it. We also have guys coming out on Virginia, North Carolina. All right. And, all right, let me rephrase. You have no excuse yeah. to not go to three. Yeah. But then, like I said, we, yeah, like, we have guys coming up from Virginia, North Carolina, like Mike just said. Um, okay, I don't, Colorado. Yeah, and then we have guys fly from Colorado and California from MacArthur this year. Yep. So, um, no, I mean... It, Next year, international, baby. Yeah. It's, uh, we'll try to get some real Vietnamese. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, it really is it, it really is like a community thing. And, you know, the more people find out about it, and it's funny that I still talk to people and they have no idea that this whole sector of airsoft even exists. And, uh, you know, I know at every game I go to, I hook at least one or two people with interest, and they're definitely checking out the games. And, the more games we have, the more we have, you know, the more uh, opportunity we have to hook these people. For sure. I mean, I know we were networking like crazy at Bad Blood uh, last was it uh, last weekend? Um, when did it happen? The twenty. Yeah. It, whatever, whatever. At Bad Blood uh, yeah, up at uh, EMR, we were networking like crazy. Absolutely, and um, you know, it's it, it's it's a big thing because uh, even even this week. Uh, I've been answering a lot of questions. People look for these big games, so these big multi-day immersion games are are really catching on. And um, you know, at least I know us at Anchor and Saw, uh, Anchor and uh, Anchor and Star, we've been we've definitely been pushing to to try to grow our fan base and and network with other uh, event producers so that we can kind of get the word out. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just part of the nature of this of this industries that you you got to get you got to get the word out because like I said there's lots of people that are looking for this type of event and don't even know they exist yeah, yeah. I, th- I think with um, the growing popularity of something like uh, like Milsim West and if you think about the old days like Lion Claws or Black Sheep Milsim um, like we had the, these little pockets of, of people who wanted like the modern side of things and then some of it fell off and, and then you get a lot of like Weekend airsofters who are looking for something different, and because you know you kind of get tired of the grind eventually, and I think more and more airsofters in the community are looking for something different like this, and it's up to us to attract them and and tell them what we're all about. Absolutely, uh, you know we started the uh, the uh, the expo last year. This year was a tremendous success. And I, I think that it's definitely a big help in getting the word out. Um, you know, my only hope is that maybe other airsoft groups out south and out west catch on, and you know, we can actually turn this into a huge network. I don't want to make like a like a gross mixed characterization, but it seems to me that the Northeast is kind of the premier area for Vietnam airsoft. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot going down in the rest of the country, at least in the flyover states. It doesn't seem like it's it's okay, so growing as, as quickly as it is here. It's funny that both of you guys made that point just now. Um, I 
I just got an email from a guy in Wisconsin. No, I'm sorry. North Dakota or South Dakota? From the reenactors page? Yes. And he messaged me about putting together an event. And he wanted to get something big because there really isn't much going on out there in terms of Vietnam airsoft. I'm pretty sure the reenactors, because, I mean, and all yeah, those, there's, all there's those, reenactors and, right. and other airsoft. And they could all have, and, they could all have yeah. all the fucking kind of, any kind of gun they want. Yeah. Where we, we're kind of limited to airsoft really in the Northeast. So, I yeah. mean, it maybe makes sense that it is like kind of a, a Namsoft strong area because yeah. we can't really have the real guns where, you know, those those uh, Midwestern and Southern states can actually have the real guns. Yeah, they have more leniency with yeah. with real steel. But, uh, you know, we had a guy, uh, he emailed me and he reached out and he was basically picking my brain about how to uh, put together a Vietnam event, and which is kind of a cool testament to the Broken Arrow group is that, you know, guys from the Midwest know about us and they kind of want to know how we do things. So, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a big pet nod to you guys. And, I mean, there is something to be said for Airsoft, you know, especially with the, 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 the big, you know, there is a very, very thin line in the sand, versus, you know, reenacting versus Namsoft. And, I mean, there is something to be said to be able to shoot your friend with a plastic pellet and actually have the satisfaction of knowing you hit him. <laughs> that's true. Okay. That's true. And I think... Um... You know, not not there's there's neither one that's that's they're they're both they I guess I guess they can be different things at times, but um, not saying that this is superior, but I I, I don't like uh, I'm not hearing about like reenactor like remain overnights or you know like you just hear about the tacticals and stuff and then a lot of like you know public events, but it seems to me that we're we're more in the camp of you you are here for 24 to 48 hours and and it's the whole time, you know. Yeah, not, what's, that, not, what's, what's that coin phrase that, that Nails is always talking about? Action camping? Action camping. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Steven's, like, number one thing he says. Action camping? Time. Yeah. Action camping, that's what we do. I feel like he came up with that at um, one of the Ragnarok games back in the day. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I tried to explain what I was doing this weekend. It was like, Action camping came to mind. That was like the best thing I could say. That's an app description. Yeah, more or less. I mean, that's what I tell. I'm like, I mean, with the Vietnam stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm basically like camping in like retro gear. And I'm like, yeah. I bet you this half of this gear I have is better than the modern gear you got, you have when you're bringing camping. Oh, 100%, man. There's nothing like that extreme cold weather like, sleeping like, bag. Like, think about it, bro. We're going camping next week. I bet you we, if we just brought our nom shit, we'd still be better equipped than all the people with their, like, Coleman's. I am telling you, man, the extreme cold weather sleeping bag is a godsend. That thing is awesome. I have that, and um, my my dad has the, the, like, below zero Everest sleeping bag. I swear to God, they could you could take both up the mountain. Like. Well, let's see. The, the first time I met Joe Sullivan was at the, uh, what was that, the first uh, uh, pedal game? And it no, was, I think it was the NATO versus Russia, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was the, the NATO yeah, Russo yeah, game. Yeah, it was like, you know, we slept over that night, and all he had was a was a little pup tent, and I remember I was pretty damn freezing, and I slept in my car, and he came out in the morning wearing close to nothing and was sweating. So, yeah. it's a nod towards, you know, the old-fashioned Vietnam pup tents. They I mean, definitely work. Yeah, those those pup tents retain heat so well, but also Sully is a fucking madman. Sully is a madman. <laughs> he is the yeah. maddest of the lads of our entire group. 
Yeah, he definitely he definitely is a unique character. And, you know, that's an even better note to bring out with the non-soft is it definitely brings out the characters. Oh, definitely, man. Hey, wait, guys, does... Does anybody hear fortunate soon? I think I do. August! 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 15th through the 18th, it's Operation MacArthur! Broken Arrows flagship non-soft event featuring Westmoreland's Fire Brigade, the 173 Airborne! Boys fighting up the hill in Docto! And on the other side, it's Ho Chi Minh's boys from the north, the tunnel digging, rice eating, P-A-V! And they're on top of the hill and they're raining mortars and machine gun fire down and they don't want anybody to take this ground. It's a fight to the last man to see who makes it up before Thanksgiving so they can get their turkey and cranberry sea rations. August, Thursday through Sunday, come and decide what side will take this hill. It's Broken Arrows Operation McCarthy. All right, so here's the meat of the podcast. We're going to talk about Operation MacArthur. It's August 15th to the 18th at Tolcom. I say the 15th because that's the Thursday of that, you know, before the event. So we're really trying to push people to come in for that day. The event officially starts the 16th, um, which is the Friday. Uh, we're basically building off of the successful Operation Junction City that was last year. We are really, our intentions are really to, um, to promote a different style from the other events where though we do have a fire base, we wanted to focus more on the patrols and being out in the field. Um, the, the, I'll, I'll put it this way. The event takes place out in the field. That's where you're really getting the, you know, like your money's worth, I guess, for the event. And the base is kind of the part of the life itself. It's the, it's the lifeblood of, of what's happening and where you keep all your stuff. And, and I think that uh, making the decision to make it completely out of play is a really wise one because the base will feel more like a social zone, like in a video game, like you can go and talk to the NPCs and like, yes. you know, that kind of analogy. Um, yep. And take your iPro off and you can chill and, and you know, have a, have a good like social time or, you know, take some photos of your kit and do whatever you need to, to get done. But you're, you're in that like, you're in that loading zone and you still get to be immersed in the event because that's what we want from the base life is, you know, you go to the cafe or you go wherever and, and you, you know, you watch a movie and we have all sorts of like little, you know, little surprises and, and cool things that we're doing this year for you guys. And um, I love the base life, but what you're really getting from the event is going out and patrolling, doing the remain overnights and very specific mission sets. And I think that's what kind of separates us from the, like the whole of airsoft in general i think yeah yeah um so let's do a little bit of a history lesson about broken arrow events and talk about how it's you know bay started and i'll i'll start off 
um, talking about this because it came, it really started a few years ago with just Darius and I uh, talking about Vietnam events and we were helping out every, with everyone else's events and that was great, you know, we were part of it and I still feel like I'm still, you know, I'm still part of Anchor and Star and giving my input and stuff like that. But he always said, he's like, you know, we sh he's like, I want to run an event in my, you know, in my vision. And I, and I felt the same way too. And I was more than, I felt I was more than capable to do it. And we linked up with CJ Pelosi, where a funny story, um, originally Broken Hour Events was going to, well, before it was even Broken Hour Events, it was going to start out as um, a post-apocalyptic producer doing pro like kind of like the uh, desolation guys you know those guys over there doing the yeah, desolation yeah. games we were actually going to start out doing our own post-apocalyptic event and darius was like you know man like our specialty is vietnam we know vietnam let's do our own vietnam event and that's that's kind of how it started um and then i really i personally started asking the like-minded guys that did the Vietnam events if they wanted to join up. And, you know, that was like uh, Mike O'Donnell, uh, Wes Hurdy, Chris Johnson. Uh, that's That was really like the core group that we, we, you know, we recruited and we became more or less broken our events, you know. Uh, from that, that's kind of where we are today. But I think everyone has their own interest at heart. But at the same time, at the end of the day, everyone has the same final goal, mm -hmm. which is really to put on an immersive, structured, and organized Vietnam airsoft event. Yeah. And that's fair. You know, that's yeah. fair to say? Yeah. That's, that's always been my interest. Right. Um, I mean, from, from the time I started doing Vietnam airsoft, you know, like, I'm... I'm I'm a director, so it's it's kind of like I always have my my own ideas and and decisions that I want to make and and how I would do things. And then you know I ended up linking up with you guys, and you were like, I want to run my own events, and I was like, great, that's something that I've always wanted to be a part of is is running our own, you know, like what we envision right doing. Right. Yeah. So um, this has been an absolute blast. Right, and, and this isn't like a knock against anyone else's events or anything like that. And I don't think anyone, for the most part, has taken it that way. It's really just, and we've said this before in other podcasts, is we've got all this gear, we want to use it, and why can't we, if well, we're more than capable of running our own event in our vision, in our way, why can't we just do it? Right, so there, there used to be one Vietnam event a, a year. It yep. was the one in the middle of the summer, and that's what everybody showed up for, and that was it. And everybody buys all of the stuff, like you said, and we have all of this, all of this Vietnam equipment that's sitting in a closet or on your shelf or, or wherever it goes. And you're, you're crossing off the days on your calendar waiting for the next year you get to spend one weekend in Vietnam. And it, sh it shouldn't be a knock to any other producers. I think it, I think it should be um, like, like, like... I don't know what the word for it is like maybe like an ego boost like like you do something and then somebody else says that oh we want to do the same thing and I think that it's an inspiration to the community if we keep having people who have the means to put on events so we all can can make it to more Vietnam events throughout the year right and it's not about being better or anything like that no I think we're better it's, no it's, a, it's we just want to be different and do it our way 
That's yeah. it. That's it's hands hey. down. That's what it comes down to. Just like when, hey, and I think it's working out. I think it's. I think that the the events are different. I right. think that there's always a different vibe. There's right. always and, a different. And just when Indian, and when Indian Country started, it was Ian and Phil and Steven and Todd and myself and Darius and all those other guys. We were all like, yeah, we want to do do it our way, closer to home in New Jersey. You know, we were all from New York City at that point. We want to go to New, you know we did it in New Jersey it was closer you know um, I mean Phil can relate to that absolutely and you know as somebody who attended last year's Operation Junction City I, I appreciated differences between both of you know Anchor and Star games and NBAE's games and once again I don't I agree with saying that you know no, no one's better but I I definitely appreciate the, the different style of gameplay and I think it helps diversify the non-soft games. And, and helps keep interest. Oh, 100%, man. So, uh, and so, to tie CJ Sen into this, around, uh, so we, we knew CJ Sen for a while. He was always going, he only went to the Wild West Anchor and Star Games, and he was always kind of far, but he always had more interest than the rest of the guys he came into, that he, that he came with. And... I always thought he was he was a cool dude, and I he came to no, I guess so. But no, he came to Junction City, and he showed a lot of interest in getting the right gear and helping out, and he more or less turned himself into a staff member overnight during that event. And he, you know, he he became a key guy, and he's he's a key guy. He's been a key guy this entire year, and he he can I can really say I owe a lot of the the success just for this year before Operation MacArthur to CJ helping out and his input and what he does for all the events. So CJ, I mean, the the main staff, admin staff for Broken Hour Events is really myself, Mike, Darius, and CJ. Um, so CJ, we're happy to have you along, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. I'm happy, I'm happy to be here. You know, it's uh, something I've always been passionate about. You know, from family ties and just something. Always been feeling like I was kind of connected. I wanted to do my own games and never took off. So I'm happy to be with you guys and be able to come correct. Come correct. I, I think for CJ, too, you, you were waiting for, like, an excuse to be, like, unleashed in terms of Vietnam stuff. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. A lot of stuff that, like, sits around. And uh, like I said, I was trying to put on games. I was trying to like start up my own uh, Vietnam airsoft games, and there wasn't really that much interest you know, on airsoft NJ and the, the old forums back in the day. And then once I met you guys, it was just complete. I think I said it before. It was just it's been a complete downhill. I live in a cardboard box now, but I'm surrounded by mermites and uh, uh, lightweight rucksacks and tiger stripes and. We all have a horrible, horrible, financially debilitating addiction that we encourage every day. We're just enablers for each other. I just don't know why you're living in a cardboard box when you can live in a GP small. It's true. Because we have a medium. (laughs) Mike, you're supposed to be convincing people that they want to do this. (laughs) Uh, That's... we're, We're enabling each other. It's... It's... Kids, you'll never, you'll never, yeah, you'll never have money to do drugs. Yes. No, you won't. 
You'll yeah. have you'll have too much military stuff. There's kids, no room or, or money for drugs. Kids and parents take note. Yes. I mean, on the plus side, this is also a very educational experience. You know, especially for younger generation. Of course. It's probably more in depth educational than they'll learn in textbooks in school. Oh, 100 percent, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's hands on, and you're talking to a bunch of history nerds, and that's all we talk about the whole yep. time. It's just. How much we we love and appreciate this time in history and and our appreciation for our men and women in uniform. Yep. All right. Enough of this mush fest. Uh, Phil's got to go. So Phil, take care. We have George Melendez calling in. He's going to talk about getting started in the hobby. Since we were just talking about that, uh, George has been a Broken Arrow events attendee to almost all of our events since the beginning. He went to the first one before he was into Vietnam, and then he got into the Vietnam Airsoft stuff after we kind of sold it to him. Uh, George, say what's up to everybody. How you doing, everyone? All right, so George, um, you were one of the first adopters of following the buyer's guide on the Broken Arrow website for the Viet Cong, am I correct? That is correct. So, George, can you um, can you give me a little play-by-play of what you did to kind of get started into the hobby? You know, give me the history of everything that led you up to today. Okay. Well, I started off like with the Facebook pages that that you have, and I just um I was interested in the Nam source, so I just started following the buyer's guide, and that broke it down. You know how to get all the equipment you need. So let me ask you, to the 10-foot uh, rule, I think you have. That is called the 10-foot rule. Right, the 10-foot rule. Let me ask you a question, George. How Was it easy to follow? Did it kind of, did it really guide you into, you know, buying the correct stuff? Or did you have to do a little bit of research on your own also? The, I, I, my opinion, I think it's like 90, 90% accurate the buyer's guide. Okay. I think the other 10% is by talking with, with fellow Vietnam soft and they can help you out with other stuff. That's like fair. Better, better equipment. But it's good for a starter, yes. Okay. Yeah, the okay. buyer's guide is very, like, bare bones what to do. And then, you know, where you take your impression from there is up to you because there's so many, you know, like, with, as the, with anything, there's so many little things that you can do down to the personal items you carry. So it's, you know, gets crazy. It can get really crazy, so I think having the bare bones guide is a good thing. Yes. And George, you just moved from Viet Cong to NVA this year, right? That is correct. Now, um, let me ask you a question, and do you, and you, there may not be a difference, but do you think there is a difference between playing as an NVA versus a Viet Cong? Yes, I think it's a slight difference. Yeah, how so? Um, let's see. Just uh, like maybe there's more like, how can I say it? Like more leadership. As in, yeah. Yeah, with the leaders on there. Yeah, I agree. I think, well, yeah. you know, the NVA were a, really a conventional force where the Viet Cong were more of a guerrilla, militia, irregular uh, unit or, or I'm sorry uh, uh, organization so they're, they're I guess when 
there's a mindset that comes with the uniform. If if uh, if you get what I'm saying, George. Exactly. Like there's more structure. I I, I noticed on the NBA level. Yeah. But they're both fun to play with, of course. Right. 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 Um. So let me ask you this now: If you were planning to start a GI impression, would you would you um use the buyer's guide to you you know the the GI the USGI's buyer guide? Would you use that? Yes, I looked through all of them. So the Mike Force also, I looked through. Oh, okay. Every one of them, and I found them very informative. Oh well, okay, cool. Now, I know, like, you and a few other guys are the only ones that have actually come back to me saying that they used it. Um, it was really designed to not, not you know, um, not insult anybody, but really hold their hand in buying everything and adhering to the standards that we're putting on for our events. It's, it's hard. I can tell you, like, from when I started in, in Nomsoft, I showed up with the 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 best piece of gear that I had was the Rothko boots on my feet, and that was pretty much it. And I I had no idea what to do because there wasn't a buyer's guide. There was no hand holding, and I didn't know. I was young. I didn't know to do the research or where to even do the research. And um, you know, obviously progressed from there. But I think having having this out front where you have something that you can point to and say, if you want to come, this is what you need. That's that's um. That's a big step in the community. Yeah, I agree. And George, you were, you went to our first Broken Hour events game ever, which was a NATO versus Russia event. Um, that is correct. And like I said, you were kind of like a an early an early fan of our like you probably were our first fan, man. And like now we consider you you know one of our friends. You come to every event you, you can possibly come to. I think you don't. The only events you really don't go to are are the uh, World War Two events. You come to everything else, man. Exactly. And we, you know, obviously. I think we, I, yeah, I think we should get um real quick on that. I'm sorry, to cut you off. Like a World War Two buyers guide. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would definitely be way more expensive than the Vietnam, but I should. Oh yes. I yes. should put that together. Um, let me ask you. All right, let me ask you another question, then, George. Yes. Would you go Axis or Allies if I put together a buyer's guide for World War II? Um, I would like to be uh, the Germans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I like being on the, the bad side, you know. <laughs> all right, that's fair, that's fair. Um, so that, no, all right, I, I mean, uh, yeah, buyer's guide for World War II is possible. Um... We should really put one together for the 80s, also for our 80s event in the, in uh, September. But a World War II one is not out of the question. I, th- I You got a pretty good point there, George. Um, yeah. I'll look into it. The thing, you know, the, the, the tough thing with World War II is um, unit by unit and like even like month by month within the same year, a lot of impressions are different. So like finding a general... Um, U.S. impression is tough. The Germans, not so much. I mean, if you did, like, late war, it's almost like you can kind of mix and match a lot of different elements of uniform. Um, but, no, it's something, yeah, you're right. It's something to think about. I'll have to I'll have to um, kind of brainstorm about that and put together a buyer's guide. It might be a worthwhile venture for us. But, um, no, George, like, like I said, man, we love having you. We, you know, he, he, can't, he comes to, like, all of our events – 
He was at Doc Siang a couple weeks ago in his NBA kit. He's coming to Operation MacArthur. Um, and you, you plan to stick with your NVA kid, right? You, you, you plan to come as an NVA soldier for uh, Operation MacArthur, right? Yes. All right, so... Also, my, my son Gabe's coming also. Right, and he was going as a Viet Cong, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct in that? Yes, I mean, he only has Viet Cong at the moment here. Okay, cool, cool. No, yeah, I mean, we're looking, we're looking forward to having you. George goes to almost every event. He's going to Indian Country. Uh, he's going to Indian Country... Liberty Canyon and Operation MacArthur, mm-hmm. and then I think Bravo Six's holiday in Cambodia in September at some point. So, no, he's yeah, like I said, he's he's you bought in early, George. Like George, how long? How long? You're on the gl- ground floor of Enron. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, George, you weren't even playing airsoft that long before you got into it, right? Like I think Ferrucci got you into it, and then immediately, like a few months in, you were already like buying Vietnam kit. Yes, so Richie had, so Richie got me into it because we worked at, we were working at the same job at the time together, and that's when he, he introduced me in, into Airsoft. Right, and then we kind of talked to you before we even met Ferrucci, so we actually met George before Ferrucci. If anything, for the craziness that Ferrucci brings, George was the catalyst, the incubator of Ferrucci for us. Thanks, mm-hmm. <laughs> George. So we can really thank George for bringing and subjecting us to Ferrucci's nonsense. So thank you, George. Yeah, thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, yeah, so George is he's set to go for Operation MacArthur. He he really is a full supporter and user of the buyer's guides, and he can attest to saying, if you have a question or you're having trouble starting the hobby and getting into the hobby and adhering to the standards that we put in place for Operation MacArthur, George can flat out back it up and say, follow the buyer's guide and it'll at least point you in the right direction. And on that note, guys, just like we put out um, a bunch of reading material for you to take a look at. And a lot of the information that you need is in there. I know there's sometimes specific questions, but sometimes we get questions that it's just like, just check out what we put out. There's a lot of information. We do release a lot of content yeah. over the year. All right, George. Um, thanks for talking to us, man. Uh, we're looking forward to... Yeah. Um, we will see you at Indian Country July 12th, right? That's when you're. That's when the, I think we'll see you next, man. So two weeks. Yes, I will be there in two weeks. I hope I see everybody else there. Well, actually, two weeks from today well, to, to the time we're recording this interview, but it's... It's going to be a few days before uh, this is released. So, yeah. yeah. I'll see you in a few days, quote unquote. Dim. Okay, guys. I'll see you then. All right, George. Be good, buddy. Okay. Take care now. All right. All right. Uh, George, thanks for coming on. Uh, that's the bad news. The worst news is Michael Ferrucci, a.k.a. Ferrucci the Mooch, just called in and he's going to uh, talk about. Operation MacArthur with us for the rest of the show. Farooch the Mooch, the Caveman, the Cro-Magnon, the Knuckle-Dragging, Hairy Italian Stallion, if the Italian Stallion had doubt, Michael Ferrucci! Oh, man, it's, it's great to be on, fellas. I mean, you know, O'Donnell with the perfect intro. 
Yeah, um, I don't know how we're gonna recover to stay on track from this fucking shit, but let's keep on track, guys. Um, so Frucci's just signed on with us. He's gonna talk about Operation MacArthur and getting prepared for that. He's been on the ground floor for us, uh, getting stuff together and planning, and you know, we're glad to have him on, even though he is a madman. He's another madman that we have on staff. Um, the next part of the uh, Operation MacArthur discussion is going to be the uh, the basic rundown of um, kits we have that will pass inspection at Operation MacArthur for both the USGIs and the Pavan forces. Um, so let's. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna delve into that a little bit. And then you know we'll discuss the the uh, you know the kit requirements for that. Uh, for the USGIs, it's pretty uh, it's a pretty much a basic infantry soldiers impression. So that's an M1 steel pot at the minimum. Uh, you need to have a pot that is required by unit SOP 173rd SOP. Um, I'm gonna be actually. I'm actually the company commander for that for the unit at Operation MacArthur. The SOP that I'm writing, a helmet is required. So you need a helmet. Last year at Junction City, everyone had a helmet. We could be real dicks and be like, "All right, you need a para, uh, paratroopers liner," but we're not. We're not crazy like that. An M1 with a cover required. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you need jungle fatigue shirt. Or jacket in OD green and the jungle fatigue pants in OD green which we know um, we're allowing all the different patterns so first pattern second pattern third pattern yeah third pattern rips, even rips though up. second pattern would be the most common the second pattern in 1967 yeah. would be the most common yes I would I would suggest guys if you're actually looking for a cheap and good repro um, the was it the epic militaria yes. or, or something they do the first patterns which would technically fall under like you that would be okay yes like you could wear wear first pattern pants right. and they're really good um, the they're very they're kind of shiny when you get them but they do fade with a couple washes in time in in the field and they're they're excellent pretty faithful repros I like them a lot I wear the I wear a second pattern top an original second pattern top and the uh, militaria the repro pattern first pattern pants right i like them but if you're really not feeling spending that much money you can get the rothko's and get them through cj sen who's on this podcast so he's listening to this he will dye them the correct shade of green so they're not that weird off faded gray, weird blue yeah. color um he will it's very noticeable the price he gets them for too will be less than you buying them on Amazon, and they will come correct in the same color. Yes, come correct. Thank you. Um, so that's that's for the that's for the uniform. Then obviously the um, OD green USGI jungle boots, which you have plenty of options. You have the Rothko option, which a lot of people complain about them. I I actually know people who've had. The Rothkos and Ultimas, which Ultimas are actually a really expensive repro, and the Rothkos have lasted longer than those Ultimas. I have not experienced that once. I've well, been through like four to five. With quality. I have no idea. I've had like four to five pairs of Rothkos. 
Uh, I usually had to buy a new pair of Rothkos for every Vietnam I went to, and by the end of the weekend, they're absolutely trashed. Right. So no, it's it's all from it's all a user to user um, experience. Um, I just bought my dad for Father's Day a pair of zero dark zero dark thirty uh, boots. They're repros. They're actually pretty good. Um, I think Ferrucci, I talked you into buying them too, right? Yeah, you, I was actually about to bring that up. Uh, right before uh, Dax Yang, I bought them, and um, they were a lot more comfortable than the Rothkos. Um, I mean, I'm kind of surprised what you said earlier, saying, oh, you know, that Rothkos have outlasted, you know, the other brands, which kind of surprised me, because these are, you know, $20, $30 boots that are basically made of plastic. And they just, you know, like, you know, like I was telling you way before then, it, you know, give me problems with my toes. And like you were saying with the Zero Dark Thirties, you're able to get them in half sizes, wide, you know, yeah. etc. That's what, and the, so, with my dad's Those are the ones without the rear seam, though? Yes. Well, I was going to say, the only flaw is they don't have a rear seam. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but as CJ said... The flaw in the Ultimas is that the, they're not the correct height. They're like '80s issue because, like, my '80s yeah. I have an '80s issue. They're, they're, they're shorter. They're one eyelet short. Yep. Yeah. The um, yeah. but the the zero dark thirty one, which is like on the material is like a solid inch. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think yeah. they're no, like seven inches instead of eight like, inches or something. To, to the southern front events event, I wore um, my '80s issue, obviously, which had they were the the right, the right yeah. cut. Um, this year I'm either wearing. I actually just got a new pair of '67. Panama Soul. So I have a pair of Panama Soul and a pair of uh, Vibram Soul. Nice. The Vibram's been, I noticed at Doxian, too slippery, bro. Yeah. I was slipping and sliding all over the place. I saw Shit. a pair of Ripple Souls on eBay the other day, which were pretty cool. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. What, those are interesting. The, but what's the data on them? They were Vietnam data. It was yeah. like 68 or 69 or something. Oh. They were really cool. But, but they're more expensive because of the... The unique soul. Uh, speaking of dating, they weren't my uh, size. <laughs> DJ, um, sorry, DJ. CJ brought up a good point that um, the the lack of rear seam still is legit because there are dated boots without a rear seam. Sure, I would love to like track down which companies like manufactured or like what production, like McRae or Genesis. Yeah, yeah, Genesco yeah. Like who who made uh, a non rear seam yeah. version and, and how like how like i guess rare it was or how common it was right so all right so let's i don't want to lose uh people listening because this is supposed to be a very informative segment of the podcast so at a minimum your uniform you need an m1 helmet jungle blouse jungle pants jungle boots then you're going to get into your um load bearing equipment or load carrying equipment which is the uh, correct way to call it in for the 60s, which is a s- standard M56 web uh, gear. Web gear. Yeah. It's the, the belt, the pistol belt with the three holes, two ammo pouches, and two canteen pouches. Yes. Okay. Three holes on your web belt, not the Alice version with only two holes. Right. And uh, it should have either the verticals stitching, or if you want to go crazy and, and hunt for one, I would get one with horizontal, which is pretty cool. Which is actually... A little bit earlier. Believe it or not, it's actually softer and a little bit more comfortable. Yes. The horizontal stitching is far more comfortable. It's, I think it's made of cut, a little more of a cotton. Yeah. It's a, a heavier cotton blend. Right. 
Um, so we have the load bearing equipment, and then one of the probably the most most popular subject we get on questions is the the rucksack. Mm -hmm. So you can go with the uh, M56 butt pack at a minimum, mm -hmm. but then we have the lightweight rucksack, which is the preferred thing. But honestly, the prices have been so inflated. It's recently. insane. And I, I totally understand if you're unable to right. to make that happen. Um, so you can either go for the tropical. But you should try. Yeah, but you, should, you can go for the the tropical rucksack instead, which the prices have gone up also. We're we are reluctantly accepting the Alice rucksack. Uh, we gotta um, get rid of that next year. Yes, uh, the medium is preferred over the large because the medium looks more like a uh, a tropical rucksack a rucksack, but. As Mike just said, next year we are not allowing any Alice gear at all. Um, no. Well, that's so the only piece of Alice gear that will we allow, allow. We allow the medium rucksack and the two quart uh, canteen cover, which we probably will keep because I think drinking water is pretty important. Yeah, I mean, on, honestly, um, I I do have a I have a sixty eight dated canteen pouch and um, canteen the two quart. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it was more common among all units throughout the war to see them um, just grab a carabiner and stick canteens on it without yes. the pouches. Yes. I think that's a better way and a more, like you'll carry more water more right. efficiently and it looks legit. So, I would honestly just ditch the, the two quart. Right. If you need to ditch the two quart, it's not even on this list. You don't have to worry about it. It's really your load bearing equipment, you know, your harness and all that. And the rucksack. So at a minimum, you need M56 belt, two M56 ammo pouches, two M56 canteen pouches, the one quarts. Right. And uh, a rucksack, a butt pack at minimum is okay. Yeah. I actually prefer. I would actually prefer a butt pack to an Alice pack. Right. Hundred percent. Right. It's almost well, like actually, now that you brought up rucksacks, uh, CJ and I were talking last night. Um, when we brought up the fact that it was expensive and uh, CJ was saying, you know, obviously during it, during the off season, those prices would drop dramatically compared to now that it's the summertime. And, uh, and as you guys know already, I just got my lightweight rucksack what, about three, four days ago for a fairly decent price. Uh, however, you know, like you guys were saying, you go on eBay, you find, you know, a quote unquote complete rucksack for $670, which is a complete chip. And, you know, you gotta find your, you know, your your sources to, you know, get a good deal and everything. Um, so, if you, for anybody out there listening, I definitely recommend going on, you know, Facebook Marketplace. I mean, you know, eBay, Craigslist. I mean, there's still good deals out there. You just really need to, uh, you know, keep a careful eye out for everything because you never know who you might know or or anything because there, there there are some good deals. Uh, just don't be discouraged by it, and just look carefully into the pictures or whoever you're contact with, and just make sure that everything's uh, up to snuff. Because uh, that's what I did when I, you know, met that, you know, the seller on Facebook. I, you know, told him to send me pictures and everything. And fortunately, I mean, as CJ saw on FaceTime, you know, it's in really great condition. Would, would you agree, CJ? Yeah. Yep. Ruchi, uh, let me ask you a question. Sure. How many dick pics did you get out of that ordeal? Uh, about uh, about fifteen. 
But I mean, alright, Frucci, you did a good job of sourcing out the rucksack. But I would say, in general, if you're looking for a rucksack at this point, you're probably not going to get one for less than 400 bucks. No. Well, that, that's the thing. I got fortunate to work a deal for less than 400 but when you go on these surplus sites, the minimum that I've seen is about 440 450 Oh, and easily. Lot, and, all, and most of those sites are out of stock anyway, so you're shit out of luck to begin right. with. Right, so it's sticking with a butt pack at minimum, and, you know, you're... You're gonna attach your poncho and all stuff out, you know, externally from the butt pack. That's okay. I mean, you really gotta survive one night in the field, anyways. So a butt pack should suffice with food and yep. and any. You um, can you what? can fit at least like two MREs in the butt pack and, and any extra gear that yep. you want. I would roll up. Uh, I would get a whoopee. Um, excuse me. Uh, I would I would get a whoopee. And roll the whoopee up in your poncho and attach it to the bottom straps of your butt pack. A lot of guys did that. Um, a lot of guys actually stopped doing that because it was like a, a place for like creepy crawlies and stuff in the bush to, yep. to hide. And, yep. um, but that's the most efficient way to carry it. Uh, Honestly, otherwise. The, the poncho liners, or aka whoopies, can get stuffed so tightly you probably could fit it into your butt pack pretty easy, even with all your other gear. It's true, but I would rather people have MREs and, and, oh, of and course. gear in there. Of course. Would be well, better. you just got to be careful, you know, how you uh, organize everything in the in the rucksack. I mean, like a Dax saying, you, you saw it, you know, I was able to fit the poncho liner and everything, uh, you know, a couple MREs and, and my tropical, obviously, I'm switching over. But I think it also just comes to organizing and what you really need you know, obviously what's necessary. I mean, I know some guys kind of have X, Y, Z items, but that's something you should probably put on the outside pockets rather than just everything inside and then just bunch it up. Right, and we're, we'll, we'll worry about that when we get there. So when, at, right. at MacArthur, when we do um, the formations, we're going to have the NCOs inspect the troops. Yeah, we're going to do PCIs and right. TCPs and SECs and... BBCs, TTPs, and everything else that you could possibly do. So yeah, um, so let's let's really do a basic rundown. So basic rundown for a GI kit, and it's not hard to meet. That's why I don't. That's why we really have no sympathy for people who do not follow our guides. And I do and believe standards. Randy will have some stuff on site for I sale. Actually, yes, I do have stuff for sale too for Randy. We'll talk about that later. Sure. Basic rundown of a GI kit. Here we go. M1 helmet. M1 helmet. Jungle fatigue shirt. Jungle fatigue shirt. Jungle fatigue pants. Jungle fatigue pants. OD green USGI jungle boots. OD green USGI jungle boots. All right. An M56 LCE um, load bearing kit, which consists of two ammo pouches. Two ammo pouches. Two canteen pouches. Two canteen pouches. A pistol belt. Pistol belt. With three holes. With three holes. And H, H suspenders. H suspenders. That are not Alice suspenders. Yes. And I recommend getting, uh, it should be unit SOP to have a compass pouch with a pressure bandage in it. At minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for the rucksack, uh... Either a butt pack or a lightweight rucksack or Alice medium. All right, all right. So let's move on to the Pavin forces, which gives you a little bit more free, uh, free, or I guess leeway. I 
Um, I was going to say more room for, uh, for more room for error, basically, because you can get so much stuff from China, and it would, really wouldn't matter. Yes, yes. So for the NVA, this is remember, guys, this is a minimum. So if you have another item that is 100% correct or legit for the 1960s Vietnam War, that's fine. This is for bare minimum. The the listeners, I'm hoping most of our listeners probably have a correct kit, but this is for someone who has n- never gone to one of our events. Um, so for the uniform requirements, is an NVA style boonie hat. Now, there's a specific style of boonie hat that is different than the USGI boonie hats or the ones that you see at Walmart or Target or you know any surplus store. They they almost look like they have like a um, like six panels, like a beach ball. So if you ever look at how a beach ball is constructed, there are six panels around it, and then it's a wide brim around around the that you know the the headpiece. If you look it up, um, Combat Sports Supply has green and khaki options for the NVI style boonie hat, and also eBay. If you if you search NVI style boonie hat or look at the buyer's guide it's on there there are links to it um and then this is for specific for the nva you can get a khaki dickies work shirt and khaki's dickies work pants as the nva uniform yeah all right and then in in terms of um availability you can obviously get USGI jungle boots, the Rothkos, but I highly recommend getting the um, PLA the, boots. The PLA sixty-five boots from they're cheaper and they're on eBay in a plethora. There's they're not can, going anywhere. You can flat out get them for twenty bucks. Yeah, and they, I wear them to work. I actually have uh, three pairs. They're cheaper and better than Rothkos, and in like, w- just order them now. Yes. Order them now. Order them now. They'll, they're coming time. They're great. I, I wear, like I said, I wear them to work. Um, they're really comfortable. Uh, sneaking around, they you can feel everything. Yeah, they're so you, fairly quiet too. You can too. tiptoe. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Um, for the equipment, like low barrier equipment, a Tricom chest rig for like AK-47. Sure. Assuming that you're going to be carrying an AK-47, if you have an NBA impression, odds are you should carry like an AKM or an AK-47. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Chinese style canteen, which I believe you can even find on Amazon or on eBay. Um, if you don't have that stuff, order it now. It's a, it's, it's just the beauty of the NVA kit. A lot of it is around, and a lot of it is cheap because China produces so much of it. Right. And if you get desperate, you can always use um, a GI canteen. Yes. So, and then for the as far as the NVA rucksack. If you have an NVA impression, you really should use an NVA rucksack, which they're pretty cheap. They're per, you know anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars on eBay. Um, they're not bad. They're 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 definitely made for small people, but I love it. I took actually I went on a a trip with my girlfriend now wife to Berlin, and I wore that to you know the whole week. You know as we were running around Berlin, it was an awesome rucksack. You know I've worn it. To multiple events as the NBA, it's you know it's a great option to wear. Um, now segueing into the NBA, I'm sorry, uh, the Viet Cong impression. The Viet Cong, same thing. NBA style boonie hat. 
or no hat is your option. Yeah. Okay? Rather you have like a cloth bandana than yeah. a yeah. modern boonie. Yes. Um, and then minimum uniform black dickies work shirt, black dickies uh, scrubs. They, they actually, um, they're pretty close to what civilian garb was of, of the time. Minus the pockets and the, the buttons on the... Believe it or not, but I have a legit uh, Viet Cong or civilian uniform, and it has one, po- one breast pocket on the hmm. left side. So, I mean, if you want to get crazy, you can cut out the pocket, cut out the collar. It didn't have a collar either. It was just yeah, yeah. But um, it's, clo- you know, it's, it's close enough. Even reenactors, that's what they use. Um, so if we're going by their standards, that's that's you know that's standard for their standards. Um, but then, for either the NVA or Viet Cong, if you are looking to get into a really intense kit and you want something a little bit more substantial, Squadron Sew Shop does versions of both uniforms, yes. which are pretty faithful reproductions, and they're you know the pretty standard prices for in terms of getting a. Yeah. A repro uniform. I have I have both. I have both um, Squadron Soul Shops Viet Cong uniform and NVA uniform. Uh, they ran me about 120 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I, it's I pretty similar for, yes. to doing a, a GI if yes. you want to get good yeah, repros absolutely. or originals. Then yeah. that's pretty much the same. Right, and that's that to me is the maximum. We're talking about the minimum for this purpose. Yes. Uh, Dickie's work shirt, Dickie's OR scrub pants will pass inspection. Chris Johnson will be checking. He's fine with that as his unit's SOP. As far as footwear for Viet Cong, just the same as NVA, uh, jungle boots or the PLAs are fine. We don't expect anybody running around barefoot or with sandals. Like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, but you know, if you want to put on a set of rubber tire sandals, yeah, Wait, more power to you. Man. Actually, uh, one with sandals at our events. Roman, uh, Roman has oh. played the event in sandals. Aaron Chan, um, he at a Liberty Canyon night where I met him, he was running around in sandals also. I mean, how did that really work out? I mean, that's what was supposed to been chewed up. Right? Oh, man. I, I would say covered in poison ivy and chewed up, bro. Like, it's, you know. I don't know how they did it in real life, man. They're, they're hardcore, Well, bro. keep in mind, they didn't have poison. I mean, I'm, I'm no uh, geologist or whatever, but man, I don't think they had uh, poison ivy. And, I, I would say they probably did. Mode, okay, I, I worked today. I don't know what you did. I don't know besides jacking off, but... Uh, you know, um, but no, they didn't have any uh, poison ivy or anything, and uh, you know, I mean, they and besides, it was their home. You know, they're used to that stuff. And... All right, um, I just, I, Fruji threw me off with the whole jack off comment. But... <laughs> oh, oh, but ask me how many dick pics, you know? Oh, my yeah. God, you're, you are the worst. You, you're, back, you're back on probation. <laughs> Okay, so um, equipment-wise for the Viet Cong, if you're using a um, a rifle that's issued to NVA, like the uh, AK-47 or the AKM, uh, standard Chi-Com chest rig, the three-cell one, which is very important, yes. the four-cell is 80s issue. It's actually, it's the Type 81. You want the three-cell, which is 
the 60s issue. We're not specifying the khaki versus green one because the khaki one technically was late war. I'm sorry, the green one was technically late war, but we're fine with either or. Yeah. We're not going to get crazy like that. Um, Chinese-style canteen or GI-style canteen. You can really be hardcore and use like glass water bottles, like Coke bottles as your canteen if you Man, want. Man, I, I did it one year just as like a little fun prop. I went to Michael's. I got a glass bottle that looked oldish, and I went to Home Depot, got a bunch of rope, and wrapped the thing in rope. Yes. You, like I said, the, the fun thing about the Viet Cong is you can do a lot of... This gets crafty. Yes. And I, um, I wanted to say before Mike... Like mentioned that, that's good that you mentioned it. For the rucksack options, for the Viet Cong, you can obviously use an NVA rucksack if you want. Mm-hmm. But take like a burlap sack, like almost like a potato sack, and you t- you know you can tie a rope around it to make it into a, your own rucksack. Sure. And um, that's, I mean, these guys were were eating rat meat and rationing rice. Like they yeah, had they, they had nothing, and they did whatever they right. could. So. To, if you want to go as the Viet Cong, you have a little bit of um, uh, room for creativity. Uh, if you really, if anybody's listening and they want to know how to make a Viet Cong rucksack out of a burlap sack, I will write a tutorial, but you have to message us to do it. Let's do a video and we should talk about this towards the end. But, we, um, yeah, we can. ATV. ATV. That's 2020. 2019? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's not go off yes. subject. Let's go, we'll go off subject. Okay. Um, so let's break this down real simply. For the NVA, um, NVA style boonie hat or pith helmet, which we didn't mention before, but pith helmet. Yes, pith helmet. Is nice, a nice and easy thing to get on Amazon. Uh, khaki. Di- khaki like to 20 bucks or something. 25 yeah. bucks. Um, so it's pith helmet or NVA style boonie hat, khaki dickies, work shirt. Khaki Dickies, work pants, USGI jungle boots for the NVA uniform. NVA gear, Chai Com chest rig for an AK-47. Uh, Chinese style canteen or USGI canteen for your hydration. For the rucksack, NVA, NVA rucksack is ideal. For the Viet Cong, NVA style boonie hat or nothing. Rice hat. No one wore a rice hat to combat. Nope. They, nope. they didn't wear them. You Zero. can bring one and wear it around to keep yourself. You might sun. as well paint your face neon orange. Right, but no. So NVA style boonie hat for uh, for Viet Cong. Black Dickies work shirt. Black Dickies scrubs. Uh, green, you know, green USGI jungle boots at a minimum for the Viet Cong. We prefer the PLA sixty five boots. For the equipment, they're cheaper and better. Yes. Yes. Period. Uh, for the equipment, Chicom chest rig. If you're using an AK-47, I didn't mention before, you can use an SKS rig if you're using like uh, an M1 Garand or something like that for mm-hmm. the Vietcom. Something weird, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously um, Chinese style canteen or a GI uh, canteen, you know, for the M56. And then obviously for rucksack, anything really to carry your. You know your your stuff to sustain you for the weekend. So NVA rucksack. Um, you can literally get a burlap sack and just sling it over your shoulder like a bum. You know, like a 1930s bum or something like that. That's fine. 
but that'll get you past inspection for the having forces from Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson was one of the most immersive people that we know, hence why he's the cadre for the having forces at MacArthur, and he really was instrumental in um, the success from of uh, Junction City last year. We're happy to have him back. He's coming all the way from California. So if you tell me that, you know, three hours, four California, hours. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, I'm sorry, he's coming from Colorado. Colorado. Wes is coming from California. But, yes. yeah, if you, if you tell me that three hours is too far for you, we got a guy coming from Colorado and California, plus the guys coming from North Carolina and Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm sorry if this is boring, but it's really to help guys that are just starting know what we're all about and what um, gear you need to start. So let's start the next segment um, of the MacArthur discussion, which is uh, preparing for the event. So you have all the right gear. You're ready to fucking go. You know, you're here to hit the nom and hit the bed bush and hump the bed bush or whatever you think you're going to do. Whatever badass you think you are, like Ferrucci thinks he's a fucking tough guy. Hey, 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 what are you trying to say? I mean... You suck dick. Gummy bears say that that guy's soft. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I love you guys, too. So let's talk about preparing for the event and what you need to sustain yourself for... What is this now? Let's say you... Let's say... Let's forget that guys are coming up Thursday. Let's say you, you show up Friday morning. Yep. What do you need to, to last and sustain yourself from Friday morning to Sunday after afternoon? In the handbook, um, section five is the packing list, which is a really general packing list for what you need. Um, we just covered the uniform, so we're not going to go over that. We're not going to go over that, but obviously um, your, your correct weapon, we're not going to... Obviously, you know you need a Vietnam-era weapon. Um, magazines, batteries, speed loader, BBs. I want to touch real quick on the BBs. The original plan was to supply BBs for everybody, but we decided that we don't want to add another element that may take over the event and take away from the event. So that's going to be... That might be year. a 2020, yes. 2021 thing. And, you know... We tried to be transparent as much as possible. I know we were excited about it. We actually did find a good deal on BBs. We could actually do it financially and with the numbers, but we just felt that it's uh, an element that we were not ready for. We don't want to add too much too fast and ruin. There's enough other stuff going on this year that you guys should be excited for. That that would, I think it would be a detriment. Right. So we're going to bring your own BBs. BYO BB. So bring your own BBs, your load-bearing equipment. Uh, we covered your Pavin equipment. We covered iPro, obviously. Um, iPro's on you. Bring with bring whatever you're comfortable with. There are a good amount of, of 60 safety glasses. I know CJ got a pair. Yeah, there's the BCG, um, uh, the birth control glasses that you can wear. BCGs. Um, I personally, I wear uh, Oakley M-frames with a Hilo kit. Uh, honestly, I just I just like it. I feel safe. Maybe it looks a little far, but I I may not wear my Hilo kit 
and just wear the glasses, which actually they don't show up in pictures as bad. Mm-hmm. The Hilo kid actually puts a, uh, a, a black a black frame, frame around my eyes, eyes yeah. around my eye sockets. But I, I may just wear wear them without the Hilo kit. I mean, this isn't like this isn't going to be like a a frag fest where you're indoors and you're getting shot from all different corners and someone's below you shooting you. This is but still safety should be sa- paramount. The, right. So it's your call. Uh, Tocom's rules obviously are where I pro at all times. Yes. The fire base will be a fire-free zone, so I pro isn't mandatory there. But once you hit the bush, I pro on. Um, that's we. If you fog up, get you know get your shit together now. Like, put the cats the catch crap or whatever the, the gorilla spit or whatever it's called on your goggles, you know, and treat them. Fruity so nut. Yeah, the fruity jizz, whatever you call it. Uh, oh put, my god, all these penis references. Is there something you want to tell me, Liam? Ferrucci, not over this podcast. Um, but yeah, no. Sort your iPro out before you come to the event. Um, yeah, that's it. Mouth protection, obviously, it's on you. Uh, some guys wear face masks. Most, I don't think anybody wore them last year. And I don't, like, I'm, like I said, guys, this isn't like, you don't have to worry about BBs coming flying over your face. Like, if you get into three major contacts and major battles for the whole weekend, that's a lot. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I do think that there is going to be a little bit more fighting this year than there was last year. I don't want to give it much away, but... No. I would say, I would say prepare for... Prepare prepare for war. Yeah. Um, a wristwatch, a wristwatch, in my opinion, is necessary. As somebody who did not have a wristwatch at Duxiang and really, really needed one, I would suggest getting one. Get a wristwatch. Yeah. You can get, um, I think, Stephen Cardellos, who's been on this podcast in the past, he found a wristwatch for like seven bucks, and it looks like a, it's like a, a cheap knockoff of a Seiko watch, yeah. which is... Um, and I'm pretty sure they have like repro ones on like combat support supply for like 25 bucks. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the easy shit like that. Yeah, so like you don't need... You don't need. A, you can get like a Timex Expedition, which I guess the the snitches will call Farb. Yeah. But you can get one for like thirty bucks, twenty bucks, and it's it's a good watch. I could, I could even get them through uh, the uniform where I get the uniforms from as well. So yes, um, I'll leave a link to something to contact CJ with uh, for the Rothko uniforms and other items. Um, so. Definitely bring a watch. Uh, pencil and notepad, I highly recommend, especially if you're a squad leader. The officers for the platoons, well, they should already have them. They know that. But like if you're a squad leader, especially if you plan on being an RTO, bring a notepad and pencil. Compass for everybody, I highly re- recommend bringing a compass in case you get lost. Like Even if you don't have a period correct one, like the lens static uh, compass, yeah. bring something, put it in your pocket in case you get lost. Don't rely on your phone, because if you don't have service, you're not your GPS. Well, I highly suggest work. just not bringing your phone out. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure. Um, uh, a required item is your bandage or tourniquet. You can buy the bay tourniquets. Uh, the website is currently on pre-order, but we will have them for sale at the event. Mm-hmm. And and dated or similar pressure bandages are cheap. Yes, they're yeah, they're cheap. Yeah. Uh, poncho, what weather gear? I highly recommend bring bring a poncho at minimum because even if you're not 
wearing it oh, for because yeah. it's raining. It's a good cover to sleep over. Yes. Sleep under. Uh, we all slept under them at Doxiang. I one hundred percent. I think you should have a pon- like. It sh- I think it should be a basic requirement to have a poncho. Um, I don't know if this is the time to veer off into surviving the weekend. Um, if you uh, want to get through the be. kit first, all right. Let's let we'll we'll discuss it after we go through the list. Okay. And then we'll go back. We'll go back to points. All right. All right. So yeah, uh, poncho or wet weather gear. It, if you remember at Junction City, it fucking downpoured. Yeah. You know, fifty percent of the event, which was awesome. But if you didn't have a poncho or some kind of wet weather gear, it probably sucked. Uh, poncho liner, sleeping bag, or wool blanket. Um, the wool blanket and sleeping bag. I personally wouldn't take out into the field with me, so I would definitely take a poncho liner. Um, I would rather have, if you have like a lightweight or or something, I would pack a wool blanket. Yeah, Um, if you have the room for it. Yeah, if you got the room for it in your ruck, then. If you have the room for it, a wool blanket. But Um, I would rather have, I would rather have that than a sleeping bag. The sleeping bag just takes up too much room. It's too bulky. And nobody really carried one. No. Honestly, in 67, they didn't even carry uh, poncho liners. They were an issue. Yeah. So, uh... We're allowing the poncho liner. I didn't take mine out for Junk City last year, and I slept between two ponchos as per, like, real Junk City SOP, you know, hundreds of other SOP. Yeah, and I would get two ponchos. Yeah. It, but I, um, would, I would dig deep and, and get ponchos. Yeah. If you're going to spend money on something, just buy endless ponchos. Yep, yep, agreed. Because even um, the next point with uh, buying a cot for camp life, especially if you're coming Thursday... And Friday, Friday most likely, depending on how the operation goes, you, the GIs were, were probably going to spend Friday at camp. So having a cot is nice. Uh, obviously, we're not spending the night out in the field on Thursday, so having a cot for that is good. But having an extra poncho for that, putting it as a ground cover so you're not stepping on like dirty grass or whatever, yep. it's kind of cool. Um, but I highly recommend a poncho. I'll do a little salesman pitch right now. I have a few ponchos for sale for 30 bucks. Um, contact me, Liam, or the Broken Arrow events page for a poncho if you're, uh, oh my God, uh, a cot if you really need one. Um, yeah, the 30 bucks for a cot, they'll be delivered at Operation MacArthur. Um, then a few like random items like a stove, which you won't need if you're eating MREs. Uh, a mess kit, which are really cheap. They're actually... Most of the mess kits you find available are dated 65. So they're they're good. Um, you know, mess kit utensils. So you don't have to eat like a savage out of a bag if you're eating MREs. Um, E-tool, which is pretty important. Uh, if anybody remembers from Drunk City last year, uh, digging... We, we were digging. We were digging. We were digging. Um, just a... Like I said, from a... A company command point of view, each squad is going to be issued a larger regular shovel also this year, as per unit SOP. We'll we'll de- we'll de- delve into that in the planning groups later on. Uh, personal hygiene: if you don't want the stinky breath, toothbrush, toothpaste. If you don't want to smell like a taco all weekend, obviously bring uh, deodorant. I know fruit fruit is probably going to smell smell like uh, pesto sauce. Oh, of uh, course. I mean, I'm already preparing myself some uh, gabagool and, yeah. uh, you know, some lasagna. Yeah, so, no, I mean, bring the yoder, man. I don't want to smell my shit. And then any, right. any medications, um, if you if you may need, you know, that, that's on you. I know my dad 
He's a diabetic, so he has a whole kit. I believe he actually... he. This is, this is what I love about the base staff. We actually try to be as immersive as possible, and obviously an old man with diabetes is not going to be an immersive thing in a war zone, but he put all of his diabetes medications in a legit pouch. So he actually has a, like a legit uh, pouch, and you know he's, he tries, you know, he, like he does what he can, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, really important items to bring is food, which could be emery's, uh, you know, canned food, sea rats, that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple guys get crazy and spray paint, you know, cans of ravioli or soup. That's what cream. I do. Yeah. And then um, yeah. just, like, write a little, make yourself a little label so you remember what it is. Yeah. And Actually, no, don't do that. Just let it be a surprise. Or you let, yeah. um, Evan, Evan, my, uh, my buddy at work who's coming, he's going to be actually the, I believe currently he's the company RTO. He repro a whole bunch of C-Rad boxes that we'll have floating around both both the individual uh, boxes and the big boxes we'll have floating around. Um, so if you're looking for something like that, we can probably hook you up. And then... Hey, Liam. What's up? Uh, can I just touch on something? Yeah. I mean, if you have to say something. No, go ahead. Uh, just dropping back to the, the carry, bringing your, your medicine and shit if you need something. If you have a medical condition... Tell your squad leader. Let your squad leader know before you hit the field. Ideally, um, Stephen Bolella, um, Pat Farrell can't make it this year. Who was he was a EMS worker, first responder. Stephen Bolella is. Um, by the time MacArthur comes, he will be a full-blood uh, EMS first responder. Tell him he's going to be the company medic. Um, yeah. Tell your platoon medics, even though even if they're not medically trained, they're going to be the guys who are making sure you're hydrating and stuff like that. Um, we'll do. We'll have medical cards for you to fill out before the event, anyways, which I'm going to touch base on later in the episode. Um, but uh, CJ, you brought up a good point. Yes, yeah. if you have any medical needs that ties in with your medical equipment, please let us know. Yep. Um, this actually brings me into another item which you definitely 100% need to bring because the biggest medical emergency we've had in past Vietnam events, and I take pride that this did not happen last year at Junction City, but bring water. You should bring at least three to four gallons for the entire weekend. So that's a gallon a day, four gallons if you're coming up Thursday. And prehydrate. And prehydrate. Drink a bottle of um, Pedialyte, the you know the Wednesday or Thursday before you come. Bring a bottle yeah. of Pedialyte with you. Um, but yeah, three to four gallons of water. It could be, honestly. You don't have to be crazy and legit and bring a jerry can if you want to bring four Poland Spring bottle, uh, uh, four Poland Spring jugs. Use of, use your your you know common sense. Hide it if you can. If you have a mermite, yeah, throw them in there. Put it under your bunk. Whatever, but um, I'm personally gonna bring about 20 gallons of water extra. But um, I know I know the bigger the bigger producers than us bring their own water supply. Like we all, honestly, man, I live in New York City. I don't have the room to. to I just don't have the room. I, yeah. I maybe in the future um, I'll be supplying water for us along with the BBs. But for now. Bring your water. Don't bank on us supplying your water. Um, I know in the past, 
guys have like showed up like their mom packed them their a little like igloo cooler and they've had like two Poland spring bottles for the whole weekend. Like no, bring three. Like I'd rather you like have to dump a gallon of water. It, it literally in Walmart costs a dollar for yeah. a one gallon jug. So bring bring extra water, especially for the guys. On your person, on your gear, you should have uh, six, at least six, six liters of water, six quarts of water. Yeah, six quarts. That's two yeah. canteens on your fifty-six, um, and four quarts in your rug. On yeah. your rug. That's that's non-negotiable. Um, and then just you know, uh, spare uniform, spare weapon, as you know, uh, as a, just a airsoft. Uh, yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, so I would I would absolutely invest in uh, having spare uniforms, extra undergarments, so underwear, socks, especially if it's gonna and it always seems to every year because I do my rain dance and pray for it. Um, it seems to rain and really come down. So yeah. I would suggest that I think that extra socks and underwear and uniforms and ponchos, wet weather and cold gear is probably one of the most important things that you need to survive the weekend and especially if you're going to do a remain overnight mission um that's what you want right and i mean you're there to survive the weekend so take what me- whatever measures you may think you need to survive the weekend yeah um i'm glad mike brought up this the um the squad leader aspect because mike is actually a squad leader um mike's going to be checking a lot of the the people's gear and um, if we're going by real military procedure, what, what, what Jim Powers taught us is the squad leaders are going to expect their squads, the platoon leaders are going to expect their platoon, and then the company commander is going to come and inspect the company and the platoon. So everyone's gear needs to be squared away before. So, yeah. Mike, talk about like what... If we're, if we're going to step off right. for a, a remain overnight and I'm doing PCIs, and you don't have a poncho or extra socks or something that's, you know, like, if, if you don't have the proper gear and you are, I, I deem you to be, like, combat ineffective because, you know, three or four o'clock in the morning when it's coming down or it's cold and you're freezing and, and you want to head back and we're in the middle of the woods, that's not a possibility. No. So either you're not coming or you have to run back and grab your gear um, because the, I'm not putting the mission or... An, you know, like the quote-unquote mission or, in reality, everybody else's good time and safety in jeopardy because you did not bring the proper amount of equipment. Right. Right. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Right. And now, CJ, from a platoon leader's point of view, you're you're assuming that all the squad leaders checked their guys and their fucking squads came correct, and you don't have to worry about Come this. Come correct. CJ. Hey. Yeah. yeah, you're there. All right, keep going. Um, so what I'm saying yeah. is from a platoon leader standpoint, you want to make sure you're not worrying about those little things. Yeah. And uh, myself as the company commander, it's that's not even on my radar, man. So, like, if you're Joe Schmo who didn't bring a poncho and all of a sudden it starts raining and it's 12 o'clock midnight, like, I'm going to say tough shit, man. Like, you're going to bar- borrow somebody's, you know, like... It, yeah. Um, like once you're out there, you're out there. There's no like, hey man, I'm 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 gonna be my I'm just gonna uh, take a stroll back to the camp. No, like you're not leaving the 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 RON or the NDP or the logger site or the ORP or whatever we're gonna call it. You're not once you're out there, you're out there. That's where the event is, you know. Um, Especially because it's you know it's dangerous terrain, 
and it's very easy to get lost. So, right. This so. this is a survival situation for all intents and purposes, and you should come prepared to sleep out in the woods right. and also be fighting the enemy uh, simultaneously. And if 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 you you know if you listen to this and you read our buyer's guides and and you think about the reality of the situation you're in, and you you still come unprepared, then I don't know what to tell you there, man. So, uh, moving on, um, I want to brief, briefly talk about the event background, um, and then we'll we'll work into registration and the rank and file for the USGIs and the Pavan forces. The event background. Um, to basically give a rundown is it's happening during Operation MacArthur, obviously, um, which is November 1967, taking place during the Battle of Dock Toe. We're going as Company B, a 2nd Battalion, 503rd Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 173rd Airborne Brigade. The Pavin forces are the 174th Pavin Regiment that were at Docto, and we're fighting out with the 100, 173rd. This is the um, the the 173rd left after Operation Greeley, which took place in June, and they went back to Benhua, um, and then were recalled back to Docto. Um, the storyline where you are going to focus um, focus around a few hi- like highlighted events that happened during uh, Operation MacArthur, and it's all going to be lumped into one weekend. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a hard attempt to try to um, emulate what the guys went through during this time, but uh, we're pretty confident that we'll we'll do a, um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for like a quick recap of what happened to them um we very important we'll be operating at a company and platoon level which we'll touch base on uh, later on in the episode but this isn't like three guys deciding they're bored and want to go around and go fight or whatever and go patrol you're, you're operating at a platoon at minimum level so you go out as a squad patrol you're still operating with the platoon leader nearby this isn't like five guys going off and doing their own thing this isn't that type of event so no just a warning we actively discourage and and reprimand just just like a warning you're this is not happening you're not going to be doing that sort of thing um but yeah no that's really it you're we're 1967 vietnam uh one of the bloodiest of battles for both sides of so let's let's delve into the actual event and getting ready for the event um and starting with thursday which we're we're calling a bonus day to everybody but really isn't a bonus day as far as we're concerned that's when the event starts yeah um and showing up thursday helps us you know with setting up the tents which and the which is if anyone set up a GP small, imagine setting up two GP mediums and all the GP smalls we have. It's it's not easy. We need a lot of people. It's tiring. Um, you're just helping us set up that kind of thing, and it frees 
me personally up to run props at out at, in the field um just you know just just you know just to let you guys know like i don't want people thinking like oh we'll help we're helping them you know we pay for this event and we're we're not we're not i'm not helping them if i pay for the event yeah that that's true but you gotta realize a we're paying dividends way more than anyone else has paid for their registration none of us are making money out of this the, the only reward we're getting out of this is we're running the event in our vision which you're reaping the benefits of so helping us out um it really it man you're gonna get out of this what you put in yeah really like we're not here to make money out of this we're really we're here for everyone's fun so come thursday we'll it shouldn't take that long for everyone to set up the tents and move in and all their stuff and then uh thursday night we'll do like a barbecue and then, like a movie, uh, USO provided movie. We'll do the good, the bad, and the ugly. If anyone remembers last year, the, the fucking movie crapped out on us, but I've already sorted it out. I've mentioned it multiple times. It's sorted out. The movie will be played um, in, at the uh, Bamboo Viper, which is the NCO's club. Um, so, yeah, no, come Thursday, it, it's going to be like a festival atmosphere, at yeah. least on Thursday. The immersion starts noon Thursday when we all arrive. So let's say you come in Friday. Even if you're there, even if you're there, you have been there Thursday. Friday starts. Friday starts um, basically with you pulling into Tolcom, which is now going to be Docto Base Camp. Um, whether you're on the Pavin side or the GI side. You're going to pull in, you're going to check in with the MP booth, which is going to be a gatehouse at the drive driveway for Tolcom. You're going to check in with it, with the MP, make sure you're on the list. And then he's going to direct you to drop off your gear at like, um, kind of like a, a staging area where you can drop your gear off. Then you're going to be directed to move your car to the motor pool, which is going to be further down the hill. If anyone remembers the field, it's going to be further down the hill along the tree line. And we're going to want you to get your, at least your uniform on from that point. After you do that, your car is parked. You're going to be dressed in full uniform. Yeah, maximum effort. You you get all your stuff and ruck in. And well, no. In. The, your gear can be dropped off at the staging area that we're going to designate. Yeah. So you drop your car, you drive your car to the, the staging area, drop your shit off drive your car, change into your Vietnam uniform, come back to the base camp. At the base camp, you're going to report for duty and receive your bunk assignment at uh, company command or battalion command. Uh, you'll be directed to, to know what you need to do. There you'll get like your, you know, your swag pack and all that information that you need to know about your unit and your bunk assignment. And then basically you're going to take all your gear at the staging area and move into your bunk if you're a GI or the rally point if you're part of the Pavin forces. So, um, I'll I'll jump out of order real quick for the Pavin force. If you're a Pavin force, you met at the rally point. You're gonna get inspected by Chris uh, Johnson who's your CO 
uh, and then you'll get a rules briefing from Liam, myself, or one of the staff members, and then you're out in the field, man. You're that's it. You're as long as the weather's not shit, you're going to be out in the field uh, running. I would running. like to say even if the weather is shit. Ideally, if the weather is shit, but um, we took measures in providing the Pavin forces some shelter if the rain is really bad. We actually have a there's a little shack at Tolcom that you guys will have. And you'll also be allowed to use modern camp uh, equipment off the field, almost near the uh, motor pool area. Um, no, I mean, we, we, we're trying to limit the attrition rate. And we understand it's, it's a hard event for the Pavin forces to survive the weekend. So um, we're trying to take measures to avoid attrition rate. So, yeah. So when you show up, you're going to show up to the, the event, the MP at the uh, MP booth at CJ's building is going to direct you to where you need to go. And then there's a rally point where uh, Chris Johnson will basically integrate you into the pattern forces. For the GIs, so the GIs, you're going to pull up at the MP booth. You're going to get uh, directed by the MP, drop your stuff off at the staging site, and then check in with the... The battalion um, CO or company CO and get your bunk assignment and your unit assignment and when we're about ready to step off for the event we'll have a um, inspection by our supply sergeant Darius Wanarowski who will basically tell you your equipment's good or bad and you need to fix it um, at that point, we'll probably have like a everyone will be you know falling with their squad. We'll have a, a company briefing at, for rules and that kind of stuff, you know, safety measures, whatever. And then we'll get immersive, and you'll get a briefing on the uh, overall picture of the event and why we're there and that kind of thing. Kind of what we did last year on Friday for Junction City. You know, we had the big map and. Um, myself as a company command had told you guys like, all right, this is why we're here. Uh, we're doing this for X, Y, and Z. We'll be here, blah, 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 blah. So, um, real quick before we move on to the next part, guys, what do you think? Yeah, I think it sounds good. Yeah, it was a lot. I know this is, like I said, this, this podcast is really more informative than entertainment. Um, We're here to educate the masses. We need to educate the masses. You're right, Ruchi. And um, you know, um, I know everybody does this, but if you can, if you can pre-prep your gear before before stepping off from your house to, you know, wherever you're going, um, that's always a big help because then your you know your uniforms in the back and then your ruck packs all, your rucksack is all packed. And, and if anything, I mean, help. just contact you guys. Contact Liam, contact O'Donnell, contact CJ. If, you, if anyone has questions, they'll contact them on Facebook, or if you get their phone numbers, they'll be more than happy to help you. Yes, but contact us now, not a day before yeah. the event. You're st- we'll have, like I said, we'll have a, um, uh, a unit group, like an event group f- made for the GIs. The NVA and Viacon guys already have their group set up, and they're they're planning stuff already, guys. So, um, oh, you know, yeah, the, well, August is just around the corner, and you know, yeah. we got to start prepping now. It's a month away. Remember, there is such thing as stupid questions. 
Well, yeah, I mean, how, how often have you heard, oh, is M249 acceptable for Vietnam? Or is LC1 acceptable? You know, of course, you see the look on our faces, and you know, it speaks for itself. That, honestly, we're, at this point, if you, make, if you made it this far, you should not have any uh, LC1 or an M249. Um, yeah. This is you're at the or event. friends who want to snipe. Yes, um, you're at the event. You've already come correct. Darius has inspected you. Chris Johnson's inspected you. Your gears passed the ten foot rule that Je- uh, George mentioned earlier. You're ready to go. So this is you're falling in line with your squad, and the squads are falling in line with their platoons, and the platoons are falling in line with the company command. I will say this, if I can interject for a split second. I guess going back to like gear, I guess in particular with weapons, um, is that something we'll implement maybe eventually? Because I know a lot of guys come with like the wrong flash hiders or, you know, I guess small details like that. Are we ever going to get to that point? This is going to get corrected during the inspection. So when you're... The first time... Hear me out. The first time we form up as a company... The squad leaders are going to inspect their guys. The platoon leaders are going, to, are going to inspect their guys. And then the company supply sergeant, which is Darius in this case, is going to inspect, I'm sorry, inspect their guys. And they're either going to pass or fail. Now, if you fail really badly, we, may, we honestly may have to bar you from the event. Um, That's a possibility. Possible, but... The most likely event is that we will correct you with the gear and you'll get some loaner stuff or people will help you out. Hence the purpose of this um, Come Correct to our special podcast. Right. Right now we're on hour two. So if you've been listening, you need to know. Uh, I mean, you should know what we've been talking about this entire time. You should already have become a can we, can we move to the hot-button topic issue, which was a problem at Doxiang with a few individuals? It's always the hot-button topic issue because people, you know, they take their personal appearance very seriously. <laughs> Fucking shave your goddamn face or... You're not going to be in the photos or do anything at fucking all. Shave your face, no growth, no nothing. Shave that fucking shit down to your skin. And yeah, you'll have a little bit of a five o'clock shadow by the end of the weekend. We don't really give a shit about that. But make it fun. Get a safety razor, get a straight razor. Learn how to fucking shave like a goddamn man and and make it part of the event. I shaved at Doc Siang just like, you know, just to to re up on it because it made it something fun for me. But no no beards, no oh it's 71, I have a, a handlebar mustache, none of this fucking bullshit that we dealt with at Doc Siang. Shave your face or you're not fucking coming. Yeah, I I um I, I mentioned earlier or actually in the last podcast that we'd have a mustache comp, uh, competition. Honestly, I don't, I don't think guys can... I don't think we can pull it off because we had all this crazy shit. Honestly, I'd rather you just clean-shaven or a regulation mustache. Yeah. But, the, but yeah. apparently the regulation mustache right. is even too hard for it's, people because yeah. they want to do the handlebar or and, whatever. And, and I, can't I, go I, got, past your I hate that this is like a constant conversation. Just, just shave. You know, just shave. Come clean-shaven. Like me, 
Um, I probably will have a 5 o'clock shadow by the end of Friday. So I yeah. am going to shave on Friday morning. I'm going to be there Thursday. I'm going to bring my safety razor so and all my, I, and all I my will, stuff. I will shave. If you're a hairy mongrel like uh, Todd, um, <laughs> Todd's, probably gonna, Todd's probably coming up Friday. He'll shave Friday morning. Like uh, Stephen Cardellos, who's from Anchor and Star, and Todd, who's from Anchor and Star, they're both shaving. They're both one of the biggest beardo motherfuckers in the community. They are shaving for this. Like so, like asking us, like, "Hey, can I get away with this?" It's like just no, shave, bro. No, you like, can't. You'll have no. That's that's the plain and simple answer. No, you cannot like, get away what with was it. Doc it's a regulation mustache or nothing. Doc Siang was three weeks ago. I already have a beard again. Like, yeah. I shaved. I didn't even shave. I actually have a neck beard, like a fucking asshole. I got to shave that for uh, work next week. But, yeah, just, um, you'll have, it'll grow back. It's not a big deal, guys. Um, it'll grow back. Just shave. Um, I, I, like I said, I hate talking about it because we probably sound like pretentious assholes. I don't so, care. But At this point, we're, we're doing something. It, we want to be different, and we have standards, and this is something that we want from our community, and yes. we want the photos to look as realistic as possible, right. and, and that includes not having guys with with two foot beards. Assume like, shaving is part of your uniform. Yeah, it at, is at a minimum. Yes, one hundred percent is. So, so next topic, um, really quick, is and I'm I'm going to touch base on this for both the Pavin forces and the USGI forces at Docs. Uh, oh my God, at MacArthur when I give my spiel, but. Um, following command obviously we're not all real soldiers but the command structure set in place for operation macarthur it's all make-believe no one thinks they're a real general or it's part of the immersion it's part of the immersion um staff and the squad leaders were chosen because we felt that they were mature enough to lead and they would fall within the line of the they all, the event. yeah, they all embody the spirit and the the mission of. So of give Arrow. give anybody in command that that much respect. You know, don't assume command. Don't as, you know even if you disagree with something, be like a real soldier. Yeah, you may disagree with it, but you're following orders. You're following command from upper, you know, the higher ups. Yeah, like it may mm. this 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 mission may make no sense to you, but that's part of it. That's part yeah. of the experience. Um, so just don't don't assume command, um, don't question command. Um, we're we're not we're all of the the base staff and the the officers, the platoon leaders, squad leaders. We're not leading you into this is airsoft guys. We're not leading you into a bad time. We right. are ma- there to make sure that your experience is right. an immersive and and awesome. Thing. So especially, just just yes. give us the benefit of a doubt and just go with it and have fun. Especially the base staff, they're put in place to um, make sure you're having fun. Yeah. And, or I'll say fun. But we want to have fun we're, too. We're looking at the in, in, our definition of fun is, as, as Mike said, an immersive, intuitive event. So and it's a great experience overall. I mean, something you can remember for you know when you think fondly of your you know youth, basically. Wouldn't you say so? Or actually, something to tell your friends about. And you know, hopefully, spread the good word of day. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, Frucci. every philosopher. I know, Fru- mm-hmm. Frucci. But um, I know. No, what um, the what Frucci was saying is like. Yeah, like, you want to remember having a good time, just 
trust in the fact that especially the base staff is there for your benefit there for your fun um the command the command staff you know um the especially the officers you know like cj and wes and myself and fred he's he's there he sees the bigger picture he sees the bigger picture for our fun and our immersion but also for the operation itself and we're there to emulate and recreate and reenact the the battle of docto so like me even me telling one of the platoon leaders or one of the squads from the company commander standpoint to yo you guys need to patrol this and you could be like bro that's fucking stupid why are we doing this just trust me that I'm doing it for your benefit or the event's benefit. There's a bigger picture behind whether or not you need to go walk 100 yards more than you need to or you feel you need to. So with that said, just, just you know, respect the command and why they're there. All the squad leaders were chosen because either they're a name in, in the Vietnam Airsoft or they've proven themselves to be responsible and... Or as it is with with some of the cases, they have real military experience. Yes. They're, well, they're, they're okay. Real. So the 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 platoon sergeants and they the know company, what they're talking about. Right. The platoon sergeants and the company first sergeant, they have military experience. They're there to provide expertise on that subject matter. The officers. So myself as a as um I'm going to be a captain at the you know at the um company level and then CJ as a first lieutenant and Wes as a first lieutenant at the platoon level, we're there, we see the bigger picture for the Broken Arrow events. But then we have the squad leads who, you know, it's like Mike, um, Ian from Anchor and Star, um, Vince from, you know, Southern Front Events. They're there, A, I know, I know personally they're gonna fall within line of the spirit of the event. They're not gonna go Colonel Kurtz on us and all of a sudden start up some like, wacky ass cult in the middle of Cambodia like you guys are going to fall in line you're going to follow your platoon command you know your platoon leaders commands um, we don't have to worry I don't have to worry about some some idiots running around in the woods rooting the event that's that's really it yeah um, I mean it's as simple as that I mean we didn't have to it was was not a problem last year at uh, Junction City it wasn't a problem at Doxiang but it needs to be addressed it needs to be said I know guys yeah. I know a lot of guys run their own events at you know at other different levels that than what we do, and they may think they know better or whatever. Um, I'm just putting it out there. Like I, I, I go to other events. If I'm just a regular grunt, I don't say I'm a, I'm a regular grunt. I don't say anything. If you know if someone needs me to do something, it's kind of more fun that way sometimes. Yeah, it, it's actually easier for me. I just show up and play. I don't yeah. have to. Like you don't get it, man. I'm I'm running around the entire weekend and commanding troops. Which I think is very similar to what a company commander went through in Vietnam, and I, I kind of appreciate that role. I I I've grown to love it. Um, if anyone knows me from back in the day, I used to run events as like a regular grunt, and it was it's just easier for me to run the event as like a middle level, you know, uh, a company level command, you know. So, and I feel like. I'm still able enough to run around with all the young guys, and I don't need to be sitting in the talk yet. Maybe in the future. Maybe in five, six years. 
We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'm looking forward to being the an, an NPC at the NCO bar. Yeah. Just being like, hey, welcome to the NCO bar slash the PX. What do you need? Right. So, yeah, Mike, like you said, is a squad leader, but he also has um, the the detail of running the NCO club, the uh, Bamboo Viper, mm-hmm. this year. We're going to improve, improve on that. Uh, from last year, it's going to be more central in terms of the base camp, so we'll have more people interacting with it. We're showing uh, Vietnamese smut films at 1 a.m. for all of you uh, first-termers and 2 a.m. for the maggots. All of, yeah, all of you deviants. Yeah. So other than that, um, Ferrucci, let me ask you, I'm going to segue into the next and final point of Operation MacArthur. We covered a lot. So if you're still sticking with this, this is... We're two hours and Congratulations. Yeah, we're two hours oh, and 20 minutes. We've, we've already gone to overtime. Yeah. So, Ferrucci, you signed up pretty early. This yeah. brings us to another point that we say all the time. Please sign up um, as soon as possible. At the time of hearing this event, if you have not signed up, you're honestly like a pain in the ass to us. You're already late. Like, you guys got to realize... Shut the fuck up! We... It, it's so hard to run and anticipate how many people are showing up if everyone's waiting, waiting until the last minute. Um, so please, if you listen to this podcast, if you made it this far, just sign up. Pay the, pay the money. It's not that much money for what you're getting. You're, you know, if you're an MVA or Pavin Force, you're $65 for a three to four day event is insane. Like what you're getting out of this. $75 for a GI, you gotta realize you're getting um, a tent. Like, you go to a music festival and you, you pay for a tent like that, that's like a $1,000 ticket. And you're paying $75 and you're getting a fully immersive event. No, I'm not even joking. Like, my wife just went to uh, Firefly and she got one of those, like, canvas, like, glamour tents. And it's like, a, you know, it's like a couple thousand dollars to go into that. And you're getting, at minimum, as a GI, you're getting that. Um, so just saying this again, I'm beating, I'm beating the horse that's already rotted. So I'm beating a a horse's skeleton, you know, beating a dead horse. Please just sign up. Don't wait until the last minute. If you sign up on the field, which is fine, we'll welcome you. But there's a $15 administrative, uh, charge for that. So, uh, yeah, sign up, please. All right, um, we've basically talked for two and a half hours. Ferrucci, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, we, we covered up everything. I mean, I think this is going to be uh, very beneficial for those who do listen to, you know, understand. Look, get your shit together now, sign up, and just, you know, have that out of your conscience. Before next thing you know, it's already early August, and it's, you know... It, you know, MacArthur's are uh, next weekend, so hopefully I'm correct. You know, from every little detail, from the flash light on your M16 to the boots that you're wearing, and just make sure that you know, like I said, you have a great experience overall, and you know, something to spread the word about because we're just trying to have an awesome time, and you know, we just want to make it a you know something that you can never forget. There we go. All right, CJ, any final thoughts before uh, Operation MacArthur? Do your research. Make sure your shit's on point. You know, pre-print, get as much done as you can, and uh, 
All right. Mikey. Um, take the time. Do the research. Order things now. Think about what you're going to be doing ahead of time. Um, check out East Coast Nomsoft for my 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 posts, my workout posts, because the 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 area of operations is is some pretty serious terrain. So get ready to to be at a very physical and uh, you know demanding event. And and guys get really excited. Like keep keep this in the forefront of your mind because it's it's coming, it's coming really fast, and it's going to be really awesome and i look forward to seeing everybody there because it's it's going to be fantastic yeah um just to touch um just to build up on what everyone said yeah this is the super bowl world cup final of the namsoft season we feel at least as far as we're concerned uh mike said yeah it's it's going to be a marathon it you know bring the right stuff do the research listen to what we have to say so you can last the entire weekend um, but yeah, no, we're really excited. We've been planning this for over a year. Um, Junction City really, really built up our um, drive to put on an even better event the next year. It put a, it put a lot of gas in the tank. Yeah, we, I mean, uh, I'm telling you guys, like every event, every event I went to this year, I had fun or I was interested in going. Every event I ran and produced, I had a good time. It just this to me is like. The end all be all of this year for me. I'm so excited for this event. I'm so happy that people have signed up. Um, I think we're currently at more people than we had last year, which is fucking amazing. Same. Um, if you're thinking about signing up, if this helped you make a decision, awesome. If you're lollygagging, you already know you're going to go, but you need to sign up. Just sign up, please, so we know who's going. I'm going to put in my plug. I would, I would really love it if more people went... Uh... NBA, VC, PABN this year. We have would a, be really awesome. We have an awesome number of NBA, and every single one of those players, every single one of those players are is they're gonna be a good fighter. They're gonna give us a run for our money. Um, just be prepared to sleep out um, at the in ORP, the bush. Yeah, at the ORP. In Possibly the bush. in the the cold weather and, and rain yep. and and yep. and all the shit that comes with it. So be prepared. But no, man. Uh, like I said, we're really excited to have you guys. This is. Really, something bigger than ourselves that we've put together, and we're really excited for it. Um, you know, we've caught a lot of flack from people, and we're you know we whatever yeah we've we've caught a lot of flack and hate from people, but we're really driven in our vision of putting on the best Nomsoft event that we can possibly put on. We don't care about the haters. Um, you know, like I said, we, we try to put on this, the safest organized, most professional event that we we can put out there. Um, we try to be transparent and honest of what we're doing. Um, so, you know, people that want to talk smack about us and all that, that, that's fine. We don't care. We're sticking with our vision and we're not being pressured into doing other things that people may expect. So... With that, um, sign up for Operation MacArthur. It's August 15th to the 18th or 16th if you're a lame want to come up Friday. If you, if you show up after, after 12 o'clock noon... Take the time off now, man. Yeah. You know when it is. It's a month away at this point. Mike's been saying this for the last five episodes. You know when it is. If you show up 
after 12 o'clock noon on Friday, you're late. You're late. 100%. If, you, if you're going to if you're going to Milson West, if you're going to Lion Claws, you wouldn't show up late. Treat it the same way. This event's been, you know, it's I've been on the books for a long time. Been on the books. Take the time off now. I can't get time off of work unless they drop something on you last minute. It's not an excuse because it's been here. Just put it on your calendar. So, especially if this is something. Why is it so difficult to convince people to do something that they love? I don't know. Crazy. That's why we're doing two hour and a half podcast. The Come Correct podcast. All right, guys. Yeah. Um, so everyone say goodbye. Ferrucci, say goodbye. Later. CJ, say goodbye. Later. Mike, say goodbye. It is the end of the night. You have finished the bottle of wine with your significant other laying gently in your arms as they close their eyes and go to sleep. And you, your eyes open, staring at the ceiling, thoughts of Vietnam in your head, because you cannot sleep because you are too excited for Operation MacArthur and the Broken Arrow events! Come correct! Two hours special! Podcast! Thanks, Hulk Hogan. Fruji uh, just ruined it. But Alright, guys. Uh, take care. Thanks for listening. I hope you listened to all of the two and a half hours. If you didn't, fuck you. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief Better come correct, get your ass better. Better come correct, get your ass better. Better come correct, get your ass better. Better come correct, get your ass better.